Good morning, class. Welcome to Art Eater Podcast number 30. Got a really, really exciting episode for you all today. Uh, we are going to be discussing the Guilty Gear Strive open beta. So uh, as of this recording, it's uh, February 20th, 2021, and uh, I'm, I'm your host, Richmond, and I'm here with uh, Sean and James. So I, I did not get into the beta myself, but um, Sean and James, both of you guys, uh, got to spend some quality time playing this game. So I'm, I'm super excited to uh, hear your thoughts on the game. Uh, before we get into that, just a quick note to listeners. Um, if you uh, want to catch up on our past podcasts on Guilty Gear, we've, we've done several of them. We, um, I can't believe we thought we would cover the whole series in one podcast ages ago. <laughs> if you go back to podcast number 11, we, we initially thought, oh yeah, you know, we'll just cover Guilty Gear. Well, um, that turned into number 11 through 16. We did an epic six-part retrospective on uh, the entire history of Guilty Gear and Arc System Works. Um, and then we followed that up with uh, podcast number 20, where we talk about Strive. Uh, and we talked and uh, we gushed about how much we loved uh, Nagoro Yuki um, as a character design. And uh, uh, James and uh, Thomas, who, who's not here with us today, but um, yeah, they talked about their impressions of the gameplay demo from the closed beta before. But uh, today we're going to talk about the open beta and uh, frankly, like how much better the gameplay has gotten, right? Since then, yeah. So um, let's let's yeah. get down yeah, to it. Um, I, I, I'm just going to hang back for most of this conversation. So, James, Sean, uh, what what are your what were your first impressions from the the open beta? All right, the floor is yours, Sean. You you go first. Okay, yeah, I'll. I, it, it's really because James has more to say because he was in both betas, um, and also he's good at fighting games. Oh, he's excellent at fighting for the games. Ride. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'll. Um, not not really having much of a uh, much to compare from because I wasn't in the original uh, beta, but what I what I can say uh, of it is I was already expecting to like it because it's a it's a you know so at minimum even if the gameplay sucked it's it's a gorgeous looking game so I, <laughs> I knew I could enjoy that um, and I, I was I was telling James already that I was I was planning to to basically shill as Kai the whole time because that's that's who I normally play as. Um, I don't normally play Ryu in Street Fighter, but it's basically the same thing. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, when I, when I kind of opened the beta, I was like, well, we talk so much about uh, the art style. I had to try um, basically every character. You, you got to go try all the new ones. And uh, uh, what I found, as someone that doesn't consider myself very good at the game, I just enjoy it. I, I found that the the characters are all weirdly accessible. Um, I've actually, even though I, I've been really enjoying. Uh, Kai, as, as usual, he feels pretty similar. I, I've actually found that um, Nagoro Yuki and uh, Chip feel very good to me. And Chip is a character that I actually played in the original Guilty Gear, or the second one, I forget. I, he, was, he was the one that I played a lot of in earlier Guilty Gears. And then over time, especially like in the, the, the kind of more modern games, uh, he became less accessible to me, and I got really bad at playing him, and I kind of stopped enjoying it. Um, and so, because I really like the the fast character thing, that's why I enjoy Kai. Uh, Kai's got kind of a, a momentum to him that is very easy to manage and very satisfying. So I was not expecting to like uh, like Nagoro Yuki because he looks like a slow character, and it's not that he he's he's not a fast character, but um, I've I've been playing with him mostly on on online, which is also a thing I don't really do in fighting games, and I've been. Uh, 
Uh, I've really been enjoying it. I even found that I've been enjoying losing because I've really been learning a lot and not finding that it was intimidating or even if I got beaten really badly, which I have been a few times, like especially when the when the matchmaker is like, why don't you play this level 70 uh, person? And I'm like, all right, this will go fine. Uh, but like I've, I've found that when I've been able to like pull off a, a, a combo or a, a proper counter against someone that good and actually went around the, the level of achievement that I feel um, is good, and then the, but but outside of the the gameplay and like feel of it, it, the 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 netcode. I heard a lot of complaints about it. I haven't ex experienced what it was in the first beta, but the the lag in the netcode seems to be really really good. Like I didn't notice any problems with frame drops, or and when it did when it did do rollbacks, it didn't disrupt my experience. Um, you know, as much as I would have been expecting from what I heard about. Um, previous iterations of the game. So I, I so far it's felt a lot more polished from what I watched. And then uh, the from the visual side, like I'll say that um, the lobby system is a little better um, than, than I had expected, but I still didn't like it. And the UI, it is more polished, but I actually found that most of the time they're really leaning on how good the characters look. Because even in places where I wasn't super enjoying the UI, they were leaning really heavily on highlighting the character. And I, I kept being like, damn, that character looks good. Like even the, even on the character select when I'm like going through different color options, like I, I had a few times where I got like distracted by like, I was like, oh right, right, I'm setting up a fight right now. I'm instead of looking at this character, which I'm going to be able to look at. So anyway, I'm I'm really excited for it to, to come out. I think uh, it, it's feeling a lot more polished than uh, when I watched it. And I can see a lot of changes to the UI that indicate that it's more polished, but I'm going to be very interested to hear uh, how much of a jump it was because, like, watching something, and this really reminded me of this. I know I'm kind of going on about it, but this really reminded me of how the way something feels and the way it looks is very different. Um, that, that's, the to me, the beauty of, of video games like this. Like, um, Nagoya Yuki looked really fun, and we lo loved this design, but the feel of, of playing him and, like, the other characters, like, the way that they've really achieved the, the feel of each character, um, I was really impressed uh, by how much how accessible I felt uh, to just kind of drop into who this character was and, and feel their play style and everything. They've done a really good job there. So um, I really, I've been really enjoying it. All right, we'll, we'll get deeper into that, but uh, let's, let's hear some uh, impressions from James. So, oh man, uh, I wanna preface this uh, before I get into it, that I am predominantly a Street Fighter player, meaning that I play, uh, like mostly like Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, the Alpha series, DVS2, like Capcom vs. SNK, and Street Fighter 3. So my time with Guilty Gear was mostly by proxy in a competitive environment. Um, I have a lot of respect for Guilty Gear. Uh, I I guess I'm one of those people that tried to mimic, I guess, the smart play of Daigo's soul. And, and most people that know Daigo didn't really play Guilty Gear, uh, but he was a smart player. So there were things that he could contribute to the community early on in like Guilty Gear games. Uh, so my perspective is more of someone who sees the, I guess, familiarity of other aspects of fighting games in Guilty Gear, but I enjoy the uh, offensive expression that this game allows you to uh, partake in, and both defensively too. So now that I got that out of the way, um, I really enjoy this game a lot. Uh, initially with the closed beta, um, I was part of <laughs> a collective of people who definitely uh, saw a dividing line kind of happening with this game. 
Uh, Guilty Gear typically doesn't have high damage uh, in like basic combos. It's usually something that involves different variations of roaming canceling. Uh, but in this game, you can actually inflict a lot of damage. Uh, in some cases, just in playing good uh, footsies. Uh, <laughs> you may not even really necessarily <laughs> need to do uh, combos per se. Uh, and when I say footsies, I'm basically meaning the space that you're in in neutral, where you're probably about, I don't know, like you're in near the middle of the screen and, or at least one to two characters apart from each other, trying to find a sweet spot to hit your opponent. Um, so like if someone swings and you see it, you can react to it depending on the character and what attack you're doing and do a lot of damage. So there's a lot of people that were kind of like, what's going on? with this game uh there's a chain combo system that has been somewhat removed uh so the way that you actually confirm things is a bit more precise as opposed to uh the gatling system where you could do uh punch kick slash heavy slash dust or something uh to to hit people but the difference now is that i feel like the people who played in the closed beta and the people that are playing the open uh, we've all kind of gotten used to what Strive is going for. So playing it again, there was a certain familiarity to uh, how characters felt and what you were supposed to do. So there was like a slight, I guess, like a boost in confidence as a player where you're like, okay, I understand a little bit of what you guys are doing. Um, so like I'm, I'm having more fun with it. Uh, my experience has mostly been playing Kai uh, just because I played Kai in the beta um, I wanted to see some of the differences and the changes that he made to Kai uh, the screen breaking uh, I feel like the I guess the integrity I guess of the wall itself is different now so before I felt like you could get a lot more hits uh, before the the wall breaks so I feel like now like if you do if you get like one hit right off the top and you convert that into a combo that is like uh i don't know like i don't know somewhere between 40 to 50 percent damage you're gonna break the, you're gonna break the the glass like it's just gonna break you're gonna do another screen transition so um and i think that's something that some people are gonna like and then some people are not gonna like uh especially if you want to keep up the momentum uh, that you want with your characters, uh, well, but isn't isn't that a mechanic that's designed to reduce abuse uh, within corners? Right? Isn't that kind of the core reason they have that? Uh, I mean, I guess I guess that's a way you could you could word it. Or it's a system that gear. punishes people who who take advantage of yeah. corners. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, is like Guilty Gear is always. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, is like Guilty Gear at least to me competitively was always about pressing the advantage and uh okizeme which is like the wake up uh i guess moment uh and i think this game is trying to allow new players to have a moment to breathe without taking away the ability of the opponent to do things to them it kind of just gives you a second to reset you both are at zero frames and now the next is the next decisions are gonna determine who's going to be able to either keep someone out or if someone's gonna get hit again. So it's 
Well, like, it's kind of like even a, a secondary one because you you already have a burst, right? Um, to kind of get yeah, out of jail. You still have a burst to get people off. This. Yeah. Yeah, but then it's like if they do a long combo in the corner, specifically, uh, then that's sort of the, uh, I guess like the, the the structure is okay. You've been in the corner for a while. Let's take you out of the corner. Um, the difference is, uh, which is what has been going on in the open beta is that people are understanding this design philosophy and then posing questions and get, you know, with how they're approaching the game and then those answers are being provided. So instead of, like right now, the way that the beta is, instead of, I guess, pressuring people into the corner uh, with a long combo, uh, the idea now is to find ways to create combo routes mid-screen that don't have a corner because you can still hit them. Hence, Zato and Giovanna having infinites right now. Um, they're probably going to be patched out, fortunately or unfortunately. I kind of like when the game gets disgusting like that, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that these things are probably going to be removed, unfortunately. So I'm going to try to do infinites while I can. I know uh, this, this weird, there's this weird dichotomy where everyone says that they want a perfectly balanced game. But some of the most fun from games comes when things are busted and broken and stuff like that, and there are people that are mm -hmm. good enough to exploit them. Well, uh, yeah. I, I would imagine that, like, even though they have infinites, they're not that easy to execute. Like, you probably, no. I probably couldn't execute a combo that complicated. Uh, and and also, I think the thing to at least speculate on at this point with the beta is that actually getting in on people who are like competitively sound is rather difficult. Uh, I think that. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's frame kills and, like, safe jump options that you can, like, rehearse and practice and, like, get those down, but I still think that at this stage, depending on how much exposure you've had to Guilty Gear Strive, doing these in a match where someone is aware, like, of their space between you uh, in neutral, uh, long range, far range, like, I think that getting in and doing something like that takes a certain level of discipline, so not only do you have to know how to do it consistently and effortlessly, but to be able to convert it at any time. So right now, in this version, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's great. I think that, uh, you know, depending on who you fight and what that feels like, I mean, obviously the first time you get hit by an infinite, it's kind of like, oh, okay, I guess this round is over. But uh, the more that you understand it or possibly learn one yourself, you kind of you feel a certain sense of empowerment and then you sort of go through this stage where you're actively looking for that opportunity but then you have to realize you still have to play the game so there's, there's like a to me there's like a balance hidden within the design philosophy for it but i do think that they're probably going to be removed for the sake of like modern competitive gaming uh but for now i mean it's nice to have like a wild west feel from like older games uh but outside of that i've been playing mostly kai um, I think that Kai, he's pretty much a Shoto, but it's there's certain offense pressure that he can do uh, that kind of separates him from you know this type of character. Um, but I've been having a lot of fun. Uh, I posted on Twitter this, but you know if people run into me, I am Vaporwave's mom. This is true. Uh, <laughs> so if you <laughs> if you if you happen to encounter me and you see that name, just know that that's me. Um, I'll, but I'll yeah, throw mine I, in there if you. Um, I'm Coffee God. If you come across me, oh, that's awesome! <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, so I played yesterday, um, and I think I played like one initial online match, and it put me at floor six out of ten. 
So I said, okay, cool. I'm going to, you know, go through and, and see how far I get. I think last time I got to like, I don't know, I think floor seven maybe. And it was just like a lot of like competitive people there. Uh, but I was able to get to floor eight. And that was where I met with people that definitely taught me more about this game. And I learned a lot about like just how uh, unforgiving certain things are, but also like how much you can express yourself with characters, uh, which is going to lead to the character that me and Sean are both trying to learn, uh, <laughs> Nagoriyuki. Um, if, if it helps for everyone's context, I I also started on floor six, but I'm now on floor five. But I'm really proud that I'm not on floor four. So. <laughs> There's Good progress. <laughs> There's progress. Also, yeah. just to re just to remind people, it's a beta. Like, you're gonna run into people that are like hardcore fans of Guilty Gear, and if you're on a lower level, I mean, you're having fun. It's a it's a cool game. Like, it doesn't matter. Like the tower thing. Like, if you're really into that, that's a th that's something. But at the same time, like, if you get beat really bad, it's just sort of like it's a lesson, and that person just may have more knowledge about the character than you or the matchup. It's 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 not that serious. Like I, I I just wanted to see how far I could personally get being somebody that's kind of limited in guilty gear. But I, I don't know if you had this experience, James. But um, so uh, I I actually found that um, I wasn't being dis I, I really wasn't being discouraged by by losing because uh, especially once uh, and to your point, it's a much smaller player pool with no time, so the matchmaking the matchmaker is probably having a rough time. But even then, uh, I, I went through a few matches and then I discovered that you can turn on. Uh, basically a quick match thing and you can basically be in training mode while you're waiting for a match and yeah. when i was doing it i was doing it last night um and I, I actually kept being matched with uh the same person that was playing um uh ramathal and uh the oh. first two times i got absolutely crushed uh but then uh i started actually like i took a round off of him and i was like yeah yeah so i actually very like within four or five matches with the same person. I don't know why they kept playing me because I, I can't imagine I was much of a challenge. But uh, it kept matching us together. I guess we were on the same floor. Uh, but I, I actually found even within like an hour, I could tell I could actually tell myself getting better just because um, of playing against someone that was forcing me to understand my move sets better. Um, so I don't know that, that that kind of thing really improved like to me was fun. So the idea of actually coming across the same players over and over. And not being dissuaded by being like, oh, this is an opportunity to to keep learning and see if I'm actually getting better. So it wasn't like every other matchmake. It was more like I'd go through three or four matches, and then I'd be like, oh, hey, it's uh, our Valentine dude. Like again, playing his, his round of fall with that, like you know, uh, you know, alt skin or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I started really enjoying it. I mean, that's and that's the thing about uh, this game or any any fighting game. I think that can create uh, that that sensibility where you know you're playing against somebody and even if you don't understand 100% fully what's going on you can at least understand on some level of why uh, something is happening to you because um, I know for me some of the aesthetic aspects of the game are so pretty that like sometimes it's, it is like kind of hard to concentrate on certain things like uh, you know if someone whiffs an air dash in the corner and a certain normal depending on what that particle effect is it can be kind of hard to see what i need to look for uh but i think that just comes from like you know, playing the game and like getting used to like what you're seeing on a regular basis but uh you know i i fought a nagoriyuki that understood exactly 
uh, how to maintain and stand their ground, but then was able to sniff out fear and like efficiently <laughs> uh, capitalize on it. And it, to me, it was one of the most amazing experiences because this was a character that I wanted to learn um, and combating it with my own sort of like offense-based self-expression uh, it was really fun because there were things I was able to do on the player, but to see them adapt to it was actually amazing. And I was more, if anything, I was flattered that this person was able to adapt to like what I was like trying to do. Uh, I think I'm going to upload some of the matches probably later on today. Uh, but I think that that's something that this game has managed to strike in a particular way with this design philosophy. I don't think it's going to work for everybody that touches this game, but I think uh, for people who really like fighting games, uh, whether it's high level or like competent, competitive, like pseudo casual, like I think somewhere in there, like there's like an unsaid feeling that this game can create. And I think that that's something that uh, is, it's kind of like the end game. It's like the goal uh, when it comes to trying to make fighting games in this day and age. And I think this game does it super well um it actually inspired I, I, me to play nago oh cool no so i i wanted to add what you were talking about um also kind of reminded me of uh something in terms of the gameplay that i think this is one of those things but i think that happens a lot with fighting games and not with others is that uh what it what it looks like and feels like in motion versus like what stuff looks like um on screenshots or even in video like uh, it's one of those games where feeling it, it feeling the connection to it is is more important and you were you were mentioning kind of like sometimes the the action isn't entirely clear, but I actually um, felt like a lot of the ways they were doing that is intentional. Um, for instance, the uh, I didn't really like the counter interface when I saw it in video, but in context when you're playing it, it actually makes the game feel pretty good. Even though they they take a pretty long freeze frame to show you a massive text block that says counter when it happens. Um, I think to your point, like they understood when the action is getting more complex, and they have a couple of things that are in there that are meant to give you a bit more clarity into the action, while also giving you the emotional feeling of um, sometimes you're getting hit by it, but that giving one of the players the emotional feeling of achieving something or understanding what's happening when the action gets too messy. Um, so, like, I weirdly didn't find myself losing track of the action as much as I did in like Zerd, for instance. Um, which uh, I, I think, um, I don't know if all of it was intentional, but I feel like the, uh, especially the, the way the text blocks play and the way that the, the combos and the cutscenes are used within the, the game are actually not distracting, even though I thought they would totally be in terms of watching it. So I don't know if they improved that anymore from the first beta, but it definitely felt clear, clean in this one. Hmm. Yeah, I do, I do think that uh, there's something to be said about like the fidelity of what you see visually in this game. Because uh, this could easily get out of control, and I think that the lessons that they probably learned uh, on a quiet level with uh, Exerd, you're seeing the fruition of it in Strive. There's a lot of things that they're doing a lot differently, and again, I mean, I know that there's a disparity with like fonts and like you know some people don't like it. Uh, you know, we mentioned this before. There's a particular design uh, philosophy behind like how they're approaching the way they're placing things in terms of UI. And depending on what someone's perspective is, it could be seen as stubborn, but they're 
they're making strides. They are striving to mm-hmm. uh, meet whatever goal they have with it. And I, I commend them in the sense that like they are making changes to it to make it better. Um, and I think that there's a certain level of confidence that someone needs to be able to uh, do that, especially within a design team doing something as difficult as making this work with 3D assets, but making it have like a 2D aesthetic and then having all these things work together is, is really hard. Uh, so, you know, while I know that people have a lot of issues with them, I do commend them for the the efforts that they're that they've been making with it. We we can talk about um, it later later in the podcast, yeah, but I actually yeah. do think that they've substantially improved the UI, even though a lot of it's very similar. Especially, I, I went back at uh, and did a lot of side by siding from from videos and other things like that, and. Like I said, so some of the stylistic approach is very similar, but actually they fixed a lot of problems with the the UI. To be honest, like uh, like I said, when I say it's it's more polished, it, it's substantially more polished. Like certain things haven't changed much, but actually they changed enough that I'm actually I'm I'm satisfied that they listened to some of the p- feedback. Like to your point, they didn't they didn't back away from their overall art direction, but I think they actually fixed a lot of um not spicy ideas that they had, but they had a lot more bold ideas that I don't think work that they did back off from in their own way. Um, yeah. So I, I'm at least appreciative that there's a little bit of wiggle room. Um, again, I didn't experience it in motion, or like in terms of feeling it, but I can tell at least visually and in terms of me using it that I, I think I think it's been at least a, a little bit improved. All right. Um, before we dig into that, let, let's talk about the overall visuals. Let's talk about the art, because we, we've been talking about the gameplay. Uh, I'd love to hear your impressions on, you know, just the um, the experience of uh, playing and, and just drinking in the, the rich visuals of this game because it, it's very different from uh, Zerd. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things I want to point out is the just absurd level of like talent that is shown in all of the stages now. Like there is something to be said about like incorporating 3D assets and making them work as a like living breathing background but the layers of stages in Strive are like breathing environments. I feel like if they wanted to they could literally make this game be an RPG without a problem. I feel like there's like complete worlds that exist in like Guilty Gear feels alive in this game more than it ever has mm. just in ter- even even like regular people that you see in the backgrounds uh animals like just the the way that like uh the mist and fog like appear around foliage and how it affects lighting in the background like it makes you want to know who's living in the apartments in the background like there's something about the way that background design was approached in this game it feels like you're watching a high budgeted like modern anime movie but like with the sensibility of background design from like 90s or like late 80s anime there's so gosh there's so much like 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 a neo new york is something that i'm i'm so impressed with it that it angers me (laughs) like (laughs) can can, can you describe what it looks like uh for for the viewers and who's who stages it as uh i believe it's giovanna stage okay so it's, it's yeah, she's like, a New York, she's like a neo New York cop or something. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So like, uh, well, one, I was gonna use neo New York for something or neo Times Square for something, and now I can't because no, you still they, can. Oh, it's, 
Yeah, but, but uh, it's but there's something about. I mean, I I live in New York, so when I saw this stage, you know, I it, it the visual this buffet of it. I had to remind myself, James, this is not real. <laughs> this is this is not real. It's it's. I mean, this game can make you believe anime is real, but there is a certain layer or multiple layers of like uh, density and color direction that you would think trying to approach this, this could turn into a muddled mess. And when you look at it, it feels real. Like when I look at this, I feel like this is how I feel like fall going into winter, uh, living in New York City and going to work in Manhattan and Times Square. There's a certain level of like population that you're seeing. Um, and they all are uniquely animated. Uh, some of them are interacting with each other. And, you know, in the midst of that, you see rain hitting the ground. And then you see, like, they have these new age manholes that have these glowing lights on the outside of them. Almost like it's, like, heating the ground to keep it from, like, you know, I guess snow from, like, building up or something. Like, there's just this feeling of, like, this is, this is anime New York. And I and I buy it a hundred thousand percent. It's got um, it's got a subway in it, and like yeah. uh, I actually spent a lot of time. There's like a spinning wheel thing that I think is some sort of energy device. Oh, yeah, it's like part of the big gears. The side of the building or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like there's there's like just oh, yeah. Like there's a, certain... a trolley. There is also yeah. a trolley. Yeah, yeah. There's mm-hmm. trolleys in the background. There's um, there's a there's a hot dog stand called Dunny Missiles, uh, <laughs> and and just the the way that that hot dog stand is made is like, it's it's like the future of hot dog stands is here. Like you know the the umbrella is like not really low. It's like higher up, so like you can see, like what I guess they have like a pole design where there's like these little like things I guess to hold something for it. Like I don't know. Like it just. It just looks amazing, and there's like like a gear bolt, like hubcaps on the wheels. Like, there's just all this immense detail that you just buy and believe in terms of like what's going on. There's like a diverse uh, collection of people in the background of all different races. Like, it you can tell that there's like tourists. Like, if you do like a regular jump, you can actually see that it is heavily populated. It is yeah. literally like they go like way a whole back. City. Yeah, yeah, it's not just yeah. one layer. It's a, it, it, it's, to your point, it feels like a crowd in a movie, an anime movie. It doesn't feel like a, a layer in a background. Yeah, sure. like it just, like there are tons of people here. Like there's a whole life going on here. Like there's yeah. a date going on in the background. There's a guy that is like giving somebody directions. It looks like, like there's so much uh, going on here. Um, you, you, you know, it's funny, like, but just when i looked at the stage when the characters jump and and suddenly you could see how far back the view goes and how many people are there i thought to myself like my god the the parallax scrolling in this is crazy i mean obviously it's a full 3d game it's not like a 2d trick but it it did that weird thing to my brain where it impressed me as if it was a 2d game not not a 3d game <laughs> it like looped back around it's just it, right. it's, the, it's really crazy how this game comes off to, to, your, to your point Richmond though it does have um, the, the camera work does have an intelligence to it that makes it feel like parallax because um, when they're jumping they could just be dollying the camera up but they're not doing that They're the, the camera moves and there's multiple layers that come into view and then move behind so I think there is still some parallax logic 
even though it's a 3D environment. Yeah. Because, um, like, I think we talked about in the past how they always have exaggerated perspective, and I think they still have that here. Yeah. Um, to make it feel more dynamic. I, I don't know. I feel like there's there are some tricks going on here that make it really. Yeah, engaging. it doesn't. It definitely doesn't feel like a typical, uh, very literal 3D uh, camera. Yeah. yeah, there's something about it because even when you jump, uh, I feel like the it's like almost like the orthogonals are like following the camera. Like it's like I do think that there's something going on that yeah. hopefully will be deciphered. Uh, I'm also staring at this amazing pizza install billboard uh, <laughs> in the background, and I'm just like, man, this. You can tell these people had a lot of fun making this game, yeah. and there there's a, a certain level of charm even the uh the subway lines are guilty gear iterations like there's there's the x line the x2 line oh. the r line is there really i didn't notice that <laughs> yeah like, oh there's... man you're right i didn't catch yeah, that oh. yeah like it's, oh it's... Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool <laughs> like there's there's certain things here that are just incredibly charming and uh you can tell that these people put a lot of passion into this game uh visually even like everything is starting to uh form together and feel more pronounced and more final um because i know that like the huds had some weird things going on with it that weren't necessarily uh what people expected and i feel like they've uh you know fixed that to some degree again they're going in a particular direction that is uh ambitious i think and you know there's obviously things that are going to be learned uh you know as they go on and make other games but i i do see that there's a lot of improvement visually overall like i've already bought the game uh and just playing the closed the open beta and the closed beta i'm so thankful that i already have this game i'm mm-hmm. i'm so thankful that i don't have to worry about trying to be like oh when am i gonna get it it's like when it comes out i have it because it's it's and i Oh, man, I love other fighting games. Like I love Third Strike. I love King of Fighters. Um, you know, it's just there's something to be said about like the experience that Strive is providing, and it doesn't. I don't want to say, oh, it's just better. You know, because that's, you know, people like fighting games for different reasons. Uh, but I do think that there is a level of accomplishment here that is unrivaled. And I mean, it's it's one of those things where I feel like Arxis doesn't really compete against anyone it, they compete against themselves and this game uh really shows that off um because nobody asked them to make better models than exert no one no. i think we no might have talked a- about this but they also have a dynamic lighting engine which yeah yeah it's crazy <laughs> um I, I don't know how how well controlled it is but you can definitely tell as you're on different stages like that the characters will look different because like because it isn't just the direction of the lighting it's the color of the lighting it's the diffuse of it's the diffuseness of the lighting like there's like a jungle looking stage that like you can definitely tell that they're in a place that is darker with light beams coming through versus when they're um in an area like the the desert one where it's got like full sunlight like yeah the models are actually adjusting but it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's a lighting engine. They just it just makes sense. They just look like they're hand drawn on top of that. Yeah. I thought that was bonkers. Yeah, that that's usually one of the dead giveaways that it's uh, cell shaded and not hand drawn is um, when you have wonky things going on with the lighting. 
and in in uh, in Zerd they got around with that by just being super controlling of the lighting and treating it like basically a 2D game. Characters are self-lit, not really affected by the environment. But now it's like it's 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 real time, but it looks great. I, I could pause it on any frame. It it never looks broken. I'm so blown away. Like I I feel like so with Zerd they were all about like kill the 3d right like make it as 2d as possible and with strive they are embracing 3d like they, they got so good at you know killing it they're bringing some of it back now it's just about like well what what looks good right like they're not really that super strict about like uh keeping it 2d only like um i would say the backgrounds definitely look more you know 3d and yet they're more even more appealing in that sort of classic anime way like I'm just blown away. These guys are on another level. Oh man. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the thing that I feel is constantly reiterated uh, with every moment that I play this game and I look at it. You know, from a visual standpoint, it's just there's something going on over there that is just so different from what other people are are doing. Um, and this isn't to discredit the work of of other companies by any means. It's just there's definitely something here that is a specific experience uh visually that it just i look forward to it so much that i mean it when this game comes out it's probably going to be a while before i touch anything else yeah like i you know and i mean i love fighting games i love playing fighting games like i love all types of fighting games but something about strive is just it's so uh, just specifically great that um, you know. And again, I mean, I play like games that are more like traditionally like Street Fighter based, I guess, in comparison. I mean, I play Undernight, but also Undernight. Kind of <laughs> That's a great game. We should talk a about sort that of in zone, the future too. Yeah. You know, I um, also, um, I also wanted to mention. I think we didn't talk about the most important thing about uh, the background stages, which is that. Um, so this is not really about the fact that you can break, break the stage and it goes in a different area, but it's really about how in the New York stage, there is a, a part of the stage where there is a coffee shop in the background. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And not only is there a coffee shop, but it's got a polar bear with an apron out front. Polar star um, coffee, yeah. <laughs> and so it's a super cool looking, nice coffee shop that I really want to go to. But then also, it's clearly in this new New York. And yeah. Uh, I think the first time I was on that stage where um, I got broken into that part of it, I was actually too distracted by the coffee shop in the background to actually fight. Um, I remember you mentioning that. <laughs> so, and and what's crazy is, so I thought the, like, just like you were saying, James, like that some of the, the, the background part of it wasn't <laughs> animated, but the polar bear is actually animated too. I just wanted to point that out. I think this is an important detail. Yeah, yeah, he this reacts when yeah. the screen shakes. Yeah, he reacts to the fight. It's it's pretty cool. It's pretty unnecessary. To oh, me, it's... that's that's what you can tell that people have a lot of passion is when they put stuff that no one in their right mind would care about. Um, like for instance, if if uh, you do a slash, you will notice if the polar bear is on screen, it will react like it's enjoying the fight. Yeah. Yeah, I love when um, when 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 you do a knockdown and there's a shake. Uh, people like the couple on the date are like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, like we're we're trying to have a good time here. You know, 
Oh my gosh. It's like take 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 your anime battle somewhere else. Yeah. Like I don't care what season you're in. We're <laughs> <all here. laughs> I don't know, Richard, you make a good point that like I actually think if it wasn't as 3D looking, it wouldn't feel as legitimately anime because like anime obviously doesn't always blend directly into the backgrounds. Like I actually feel like there's something intentional there. Like they probably could have made made it look pretty much the same, but. The, the difference in background makes them feel like they're in the space without it feeling like they blend in too much. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, it. this feels like sort of the, the um, I'd say, the uh, like anime around 2003 or so. Um, so like right after the, the you know, early early 2000s where they were just getting their 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 uh, toes wet in uh, digital right i think uh, fully coolie was the first 100% digital anime came out in 2000 uh, blue sub 6 was actually blue sub 6 was that to- i don't i don't think that was fully digital i think it was digitized from uh, hand drawn cells but that that was another early pioneer but like you know around the time you get to like uh, metropolis uh, where 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 you know they they're really starting to perfect things like i i feel like that's where strive has taken uh real time cell shading like it it it's just it looks so good i i've been watching a video uh during this whole talk and i see exactly what you guys mean about the clarity of it and um in fact it's so clear that it's almost distracting cuz like the backgrounds look so good that I can actually easily ignore the characters and just drink in the background details, you know. Uh, uh, but then, if I want to yeah. focus on the characters, the backgrounds aren't actually distracting. It's um, excellent clarity. This is so worth studying, especially if you're a, a developer or an artist. Um, and I gotta say, well, I don't... they were they were really smart about how all the motion in the backgrounds is slow and methodical. Like yeah. it's people, it's ships, it's things moving. I think that allows the layers to separate. Um, yeah. But to your point, when you focus on either layer, the fighting layer or the backgrounds, they also they also feel alive. And like you, something they do that's pretty subtle, I noticed is um, even though they still kind of read like two D parallax planes, you'll notice that as you move across the stage, the camera does pan slightly to take advantage of the three D. Um, it's more obvious on other stages than others, but actually, like the perspective does change. Um, which I thought was a really nice touch. Like they didn't need to do that. It could have just been a flat plane. Yeah. But they actually do have it. Uh, it's it's pretty noticeable actually on the New York stages because like the the wheels or the circular things that you can see in the background, you can see the camera's perspective shift as they move to the left side of the screen and then back to the right. Um, so I don't. Know, I think that's like the such nice attention to detail. Dude, it's so subtle, but it's it, it works so well. I, yeah, I, I, I just I gotta I gotta I gotta rave about the animation. Um, they really like upped the ante here. Like uh, Guilty Gear games have always had like solid animation, and um, you know uh, Zerd was just a, a technical artistic marvel. But um, oh my god, like Strive is just on another level again. Like they. The animations look so good. They're they're smoother, but they they all they they have like more impact, 
you know, I feel like the poses are a bit cooler. There's much more secondary animation. Like, oh, geez, like we we talked about this in the 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 previous podcast. How you know we joked about how it was like Guilty Gear Fall catalog, right? Everyone's got um, their 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 <laughs> cold weather clothing, but but it's because I think they want to show off all that secondary. Everyone's got layers. They've got drapery, um, but it moves so well, and it, every it all emphasizes each motion. The, the secondary animation on this is so excellent like uh my god they got so much better at animating cloth and hair which, which is notoriously difficult in in 3d it's um you know if, if what, you're oh like yeah go ahead what i was gonna say about that is if there's a way that you can find footage that shows off ram Lethal's toward heavy slash <laughs> i think you're gonna like leave the face of the earth Oh, uh, there's definitely because... tweets that I've seen that highlight the animations. We can find them. Like, there's things that are happening in this game that just... It's like... For me, it's like you have that moment where you look at like the price tag of a game and you look at the season DLC and all that, and you're like, oh, man, do I really want to pay all this? Am I going to really enjoy this game? This is one of those games where when you... I remember talking about this before the beta. This was just, like, footage that, I guess, Arxis was releasing... And Kai crouched. And I said on Twitter, I want to marry this crouching animation because <laughs> this is like a movie. Like, it's not... Like, I the game is great. I'm already fixated just on this crouching animation because there's so much love and dedication into how the clothing flows, how he's moving, his hair. Everything is alive in this game. Yeah, And I feel like that crouching animation was just Arxis being like, you, you got a lot of beers to hold. So we're <laughs> gonna, because I mean, in, in, in a way it reminds me of the first time that I saw Street Fighter Alpha, um, you know, because Super Turbo, you know, Street Fighter 2, I mean, that game looks like a video game, right? And yeah. the anime was like becoming like a thing in my life at that time, or it already was actually. Um, and I wasn't really aware of Guilty Gear or anything like that at the time. But I remember going to the arcade and seeing Street Fighter Alpha, and I was like, wow, this game looks like an anime. Oh my god. Like, look at the way that the colors are. Look at this. I'm like, man, this looks like, like, like it's like an anime. Oh my god, look at Guy. He looks so cool. Only to realize how far we've come, <laughs> like, in terms of being able to uh, emphasize that aesthetic. But I remember just being so in love with Alpha 1 visually that I just did move to see them. Like, yeah. when I first played the game. I wasn't trying to dissect the game yet. I was just like, oh my god, I just want to see this move again. Because it looks so cool to see. I've never seen Street Fighter look like this. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same feeling I had when I saw, uh, like, Exerd, right? And then, like, because I feel like Strive is, like, the Alpha 2 visually of these games. Because Alpha 2 took it up a notch. The backgrounds were a lot more intense oh, yeah. in terms of, like, color and, like just the way that the backgrounds work in terms of layering and things like that. And I feel like this is like that to the umpteenth degree oh, yeah. where yeah. you're just completely overwhelmed at how beautiful the game is. I just want to point out that that's a really, really excellent comparison because Alpha 2 was actually made on different hardware. Alpha 1 was originally yep. um, CPS-1. CPS-1. Unload CPS-1 board. So it was made on lower tech than Super Street Fighter 2. Um, Yep. And then Alpha 2, like, was, like, they just 
you know, they, they, they took off the weighted clothing and unleashed their, their full power. Because uh, 2 is arguably, um, so, some of the stages, I, I, I even prefer to like uh, 3, you know, two, two, 2 is like, a beautiful Alpha game. Alpha 2 visually more than Alpha 3, to yeah. be perfectly honest. Yeah. Like I, you know, and it's nothing against Alpha 3, Alpha 3 is a beautiful game, but I think there is a certain level of love that just was like specific, I guess. I don't want to say different or better, but... It's just like there's something specific about it that I, I enjoyed more. I think two more. had more grit, and three was like a festival. But okay, we we obviously yeah. need to do an alpha podcast too. <laughs> oh, I'm down. I'm yeah. so down. But but, uh, yeah. but 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 yeah. But yeah, just in I, terms that, of that strive, same level though, of like excitement that that leap is happening with yeah with uh, strive, yeah. which is which is crazy because it's three yeah, D, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I know for sure that on the release date I'm definitely taking time off from work yeah. just so I can just like absorb this game like cause it's just even, like, even if you're not a competitive person right you just like anime and you just like cool games you wanna hit buttons see cool things like this is the game to get like yeah. you're gonna see amazing things like even if you don't understand how the screen break thing works you know just hit some buttons on somebody in the corner in arcade mode and just look at them fly across this, the, the world Yeah, you know like that's it's there's there's so many like cool things to just see like even if you're not big on like oh i want to learn the specific the, the specifics of like mechanics and stuff you just want a beautiful game yeah, like yeah. this is it man let, there's let, so let's much talk to about those specific things like what were some of your favorite things to look at like you, you mentioned uh Ramlethal, right I, I i i haven't played the game yet myself but i assume yeah you mean that glorious legendary <laughs> the the thigh jiggle right I what? mean, there's that. Yeah, yeah. There's, Dude, there's that. I mean, I mean, that's <laughs> I, I, from 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 every level. As you know, just uh, from perving on the character to to just being, like, just what a technical and artistic marvel it is. Like that is such a cool touch. Like I've never seen that in a game before. Actually, I, no. I made a joke. I called this a year ago. Somebody did a 3D tech demo. They they scanned. It, it was a real human being. They scanned this like giant muscular dude and he was just like jiggling his legs <laughs> just to show off like how high fidelity the scan was and i was like i will you know this is going to be the new benchmark for like triple a graphics and like dang they they did it <laughs> they actually pulled it. that off <laughs> in in an actual game yeah like they, they managed to do it and it's just it's like i mean i'm not even gonna front man i'm literally taking screenshots like on my PlayStation 4 for reference in terms yeah. of like things that I'm trying to do with my own work. Like I, I there's there's something special about the teams that they have uh at Arxis and it's just like like I'm I'm literally like this game puts a smile on my face, man. Like yeah. just seeing this thing. Like I feel like every frame is an illustration. Dude. Like that's how Yeah, yeah. Like maze I, way... I wanted to uh, just just real quick like Maze uh, wanna... Wind she seamlessly goes from the camera spinning to like a 2D illustration of her old crew and you, you it's seamless there's no difference between May the 3D character and May like in this illustration it's amazing yeah uh, sorry go ahead Sean oh no no I wanted to mention with uh, Ramathal like a, a thing about her that I actually think is not related to the thighs per se um, is she actually, I, I think I, I mentioned before the podcast that I, I wasn't usually a fan of like the um, like the 
the epithet like Ramathal characters because they they felt similar. But what they've done with her here, I think, is actually really powerful. Is her contours and silhouettes are very readable. Um, yeah. So like when she's doing a certain move, she has her jacket covering her completely, and it creates a certain contour around the character. And then when she makes uh, like standing fierce and other forward movements, um, the way that she moves forward and it clears her cape from her so you can see her legs. And then they have an asymmetrical thing where one of her legs has a wrap on it. So you can actually, your, your mind can locate which side of her is moving forward. And yeah. I actually think it all contributes to making her motion very clear. It's very easy to read what she's doing. And you would think that she's like, got this flowing cape. She's got all these like hard movements. She has two swords floating in the background that it would be very hard to follow. But I think all those, that actually creates to me like contoured layers between what is she doing with the cape on, using the cape as a weapon, using the sword as a weapon, and using uh, using her very strong thighs as like a base. Because you know, if you all know from taking uh, karate or any martial arts, a lot of what you learn from uh, initial part of like katas and stuff is very strong base of your your legs. And I actually think that that like that the going back to the thigh thing, I think that all reads into a very clear movement, and it makes her movements feel very strong because the base feels strong. Like you don't feel like they just did it like to give her large thighs. They did it to show like how strong yes. her legs are yes, and absolutely. how much power she's putting into the fierce. So I actually think it's. I was really really impressed by the update the design to her because I didn't like the design in past games. Yeah, yeah. Like when 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 she does that move, it's not like, you know, like a, a cheesecake reward. It's like she it makes it feel stronger. Like, um, it, it's just very impressively done. And also like, just well, the fact that her. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. I don't know. I was just gonna say uh, just before you go into that, that like part of it also is that um, in her idol she actually floats. So they could have just made her like a very floaty character. Yes. So they make this very intentional move between grounded actions and when she like is choosing to chill to chill float you know yes ahead, absolutely sorry. no 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 that that's that's so important that that level of control right like they 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 plant her on the ground when she needs to do a powerful attack like that's it, it's just a whole nother level of thought like she didn't have that feeling really in 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 uh in zerd like they they've really upped the level of uh, thought and execution they have on these characters uh, I was also just going to uh, say... Well, like, well, oh, good. Good. No, I was going to switch to another character, so go ahead. <laughs> oh, just... Um, I, 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 I just like uh, that they gave her a more distinct uh, physique. You know, before she was uh, kind of um, more of a generically, like, uh, attractive uh, character. And I, I think, like, now she, she actually looks more athletic. And even sort of the way they did her legs, her shorts, it, it, to me it recalls, like... Uh, women's MMA. I, I, I watch a ton of MMA, like, and, uh, you know, she, she has more of that feeling, like, uh, her legs feel muscular, right? She, she, she has a lot of, like, weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Weight. She, like, you, like you were saying, she's not just floaty. Oh, God, this game's so cool. Well, no, it, it doesn't, um, I think we talked about this in a different game. We were talking about how um, when there's, like, a dissonance between what the character looks like they can hit you with and what they actually do, it's kind of weird, but in this yeah. case... Her physique, uh, I forget which game we were talking about. It was I don't know if it was Guilty here, but um, in this case, we might have been talking about um, Mako, Makoto, um, now that I'm thinking about oh, it. But she, it's she's, more like yeah, the, 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 heaviest the power of her moves align to what her physique looks like she's capable of. Yeah, 
I think uh, the example I like of where that doesn't work is the uh, the sumo girl from King of Fighters. I think maybe we we mentioned that <laughs> yeah. before, where like I I get it. It's sort of like a almost like a joke character disparity between like this little girl and she practices sumo, but like her her presence as a character in terms of animation and how it synced up with her gameplay and moves like it just didn't sell that way. It 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 didn't work. Here everything works. Everything's nice. Well, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like uh, I think we talked about this in. Uh... Maybe this was an alpha where, like, a character like Armika, who is a wrestler, uh, she she feels like she, a wrestler. She feels like she can body slam you. Yeah. Um, uh, so like they, they weren't afraid to kind of make the physique work for that. So I feel like they like, to your point they updated the physique to um, make more stuff. The MMA comparison is really good. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that's thank you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone cool. has a distinct uh, body type now. Like it's it's not just you know the same body repeated over and over with head swaps and clothing like it, they all look really distinct mm-hmm. it's so cool. I, was, I was also gonna um i wanted to turn our attention a bit to the two characters that i think have a similar kind of impress uh impressiveness is both the way that they executed milia and giovanna mm-hmm. uh like uh giovanna is obviously newer but um the more i watched her gameplay with uh her like ghost dog thing the more like the the animation and the interaction with the dog. I know a lot of people complain that a lot of her moves don't actually use the dog as like a dog. It's just, it's mostly like a supportive portion of her character. But the way that it interacts with her and wraps around her and like certain moves, uh, it'll become corporeal so she can lean against it. But in other ones, it'll it'll flare out into like um, energy or something, or it'll explode itself and then it'll return back to block for her. Like um, I was just like mesmerized by how good the like when you do like a lot of abstract shapes like that, like a spirit or like with Milia's hair, um, again, it can be very hard to read. It can be very abstract because you have, you don't really have to follow real rules, but it feels like both of those, the dog and even Milia's hair, it feels like there's a rule system governing how they actually function. And it makes them weirdly believable, even though they're both ridiculous things, if you think about it. Um, so I don't know, I was really impressed by just like small stuff. Like even though I know it's in 3D, Stuff like the the dog is corporeal, and then it kind of becomes a spirit, and then it clearly wraps in front of her leg and then behind it, and it maintains the animation between that. And then as it like wraps, uh, certain elements become more more solid than others. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of attention to detail in terms of because uh, like the way that I think about it is they didn't need to do any of this, right? Like <laughs> you 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 could have made a much easier to execute character. Uh, but they chose to create characters that have very challenging things to animate believably. Um, I know Amelia, they cheat a little bit by having like her, her hat be like a Toon Space thing, but they still do a lot of really cool stuff with her hair, especially in this game, that makes like that is weirdly readable, because she's a really fast character. Uh, so anyway, I was just really impressed by um, the amount of originality and how polished they were able to achieve it with those yeah. characters. I, um, I, I'm watching Giovanna uh, animations now. I, I, I see what people mean by like, oh, it doesn't use the dog enough, but I, I, I kind of like that it's not overdone and it's sort of like a companion and you, you feel like it's sort of like giving her strength even if she's not using it directly because like you were saying, it's wrapped around her. It's, it is uh, supporting her. Like there's, she doesn't move where she leans back and kicks. She's leaning back on her, her dog companion, you know? certain moves it's sort of like uh it feels like it's giving her some extra push yeah 
And I, also, I just can't, I can't help but think of the uh, King of Fighters 13 logo when I see her. She, it's like you're fighting the logo for, for. Uh, oh yeah, the the, the actual <laughs> gradient blends and the yeah. way that they shaped the 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 kind of the flare of his spirit. You're right. It looks yeah, like the that, King that of Fighters particular logo. shade of you know green. You know what else? And she feels that's gotta so be intentional, like a, right? She's there's, she's like there's a gotta be some homage there. Yeah. You know what? You know what else it reminds me of? It actually reminds me of the Rev Two, uh, logo. Oh yeah, let me. I got like the Guilty Gear Exerd Rev Two, uh, logo. There's a lot of like similar. Oh, dude, yeah, you're right. There. It's it's yeah, it's even more like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like yeah, like I feel like she's like a, like a walking king of Guilty Gear, king of gears, king of <laughs> Rev Two. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, totally. she's like a visual spectacle to behold, man. Yeah. Like. Just... I, I um. Oh, I was just going to add, um, I was also curious what, what you thought about this, James. Is I actually I saw some people complaining that it was kind of predictable that she was a police officer in New York. But I was like, uh, someone pointed out, like, oh, I thought maybe she was just, like, you know, not necessarily one. She just kind of looked the, the part of, like, a, you know, a, a noir type of detective. But then I saw she does have a badge. And I was like, oh, I think that's actually pretty cool. Like, this, like this badass like a woman beat cop with her ghost dog cop in new new york that sounds like an anime i'd watch so i was anyway, gonna say like her her design and the, like the description of her is very much like when does this anime come out mm. like i <laughs> i actually was really impressed with it uh and i know a lot of people were like oh she's just vanessa with the dog and, and I, I mean you know people have a right to you know feel however they want but i, I think <laughs> I think sometimes, like, there's a thing that kind of happens where, you know, it's like someone wins so much they're ready for you to lose. It's like with Justin Wong, right? Like, Justin Wong, like, <laughs> took over Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and there was a point where people were just, like, just waiting for him to lose. Like, that's what people wanted to see. And, you know, Arxis has been coming with the hits, and yeah. I think sometimes people are just like... I gotta find something not because they're being spiteful but more just like you know it's like well the standard is so high now you know like Arxis has proven that they can really uh, do seemingly the impossible like visually so maybe people had like a higher expectation of how far they were gonna push the envelope in terms of a design but I think that in this particular case like I, I think she's a great design I think she looks really cool I think that uh, you know, she seems really fun to play. Like, I haven't spent a lot of time uh, playing her, but, you know, I feel like uh, once I sit down and figure out all of the specific things where she kind of has to micro-walk forward to combo things, like, I'll probably have a lot of fun with her. But just visually, like, just looking at her animations is just, like, incredible. Uh, it's hard to I... say who looks the most visually amazing, but I feel like Zato is probably... Yes, dude. Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah. like, but before we move on, oh I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure to put this out there before we move on. Uh, you know what? She is not just like Vanessa with a dog. Thank you very much. <laughs> just because they both have like uh, a suspender-looking like shirt doesn't mean that they're that's the same thing. Like they're very different characters. Uh, I, I feel like I'm entirely on Arxis's side here. I think they designed a very cool character that has a lot of detail and. Just because there's like a slight similarity in some fashion, I actually think Giovanna's design is much more thoughtful. So anyway, I actually I like Vanessa and King of Fighters. I just wanted to 
make sure that I got that in there because like I feel like it's a very that's a very that's almost like when people are like oh yeah Battleborn and Overwatch are the same it's like whoa whoa just because they have like a similar ish aesthetic doesn't mean that they're similar at yeah. all like y'all need to go a level deeper anyway that's my that's my <laughs> I just have a quick note about Giovanna myself one of my coworkers uh, was playing the 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 beta and he was like oh you're gonna like her she's she's she plays like a Street Fighter character. <laughs> I guess her, she, her move set is like fairly uh, simple and streamlined, right? Uh, she 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 definitely feels that way. Yeah, that's yeah. a really that's a really good comparison. Uh, like she's, so, she's certain, kind of there just, to like ease you into um, the game if you're if you're used to you know other I, I don't know if we're, like games. I don't know if we're gonna talk about it now, but I, I think I mentioned this to James that at first like I felt that she was very simple when I tried to play her, but as soon as people started manhandling me with her. I was like, oh, okay. There's a lot of nuance in how she's played. Yeah. Because, like, they were yeah. doing stuff that I... Um, there are some combos she does that are uh, pretty disgusting, especially when you're on the receiving end. So I feel like it's like a, maybe she's deceptively simple, kind of like Gordon Ramsay cooking. Like, he's like, oh, it's got three ingredients, but it's delicious. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it has this amazing flavor call. I feel like it's maybe that people were wanting some complexity because she has a ghost dog. But they they yeah. really went deep into the nuance of how they work together. Well, I, I think you, guess, you see the dog and you you assume she's going to be like a JoJo like character like uh, Zato, and she's not. She's 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 more straightforward. But I'm sure there's going to be all level, all sorts of like uh, nuance and complexity in the long term. Well, a lot of that is already being explored right now. Like uh, it's what she has to do. And I don't fully understand it yet, but it seems like in order for her to take advantage of some of the juggle potential that she has, she has to step forward very precisely. Mm. Like it's not a full walk. It's not a full, it's, it's, what we, it's what's called a micro walk. Um, Guy in Alpha 3 had some combos like that where yeah. he could chain his final fight combo more than once if he stepped forward slightly like a pixel uh, some people call it walk canceling. Some people call it micro walk. But basically, she has things where she has to step forward just a little bit to be in the right space for the hitboxes to collide where they mm. need to, so the certain combos work. So it does take some precision to do. Um, and some people have been figuring it out. I think her infinite has something to do with it as well. So it's actually a pretty hard thing to do. But you know, if you put the time in, like you can get it. So she's one of those people that you can like pick up and say, oh, okay, I want to try to play around with this okay. character. Okay, she seems basic, but then as time goes on, you're like, oh, wait, there is something else there. And if you want to, you can expand upon that for yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I wanted to add the, the kind of feel for that. It was, I was watching um, a Maximilian Dude video where he was just trying out Giovanna. And something that you mentioned, uh, James, about how people can really express themselves. I felt that like he was just playing and like doing combos and like commenting on stuff, and someone said something like, "Oh, are you are you a, a Giovanna main? Have you fallen in love with her?" He's like, "I am, uh, I am discovering," and I was like, "I love that idea that like he he spends like hours with this character and you're discovering what you can do with them, and he hasn't you don't really decide who you like initially until you've really kind of gotten deep." But I know it's, I kind of enjoyed the spirit of that. Well, the thing, and I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I mean, this is something that I try, I guess, to explain people. Sometimes, like when I get a new fighting game, I don't go online right away. I spend a lot of time in training mode uh, because, to me, like one, I love training mode. I think that is like the best invention in fighting games ever. 
where you can literally sit down and basically familiarize with yourself with the character in an isolated environment and over time as you get through the special moves and you start analyzing walk speeds jump arcs and all that stuff you start to be able to you paint a picture in your head of like what you think you can do with the character and then you start to practice those things to see what those things end up and that's a even if you're not like super competitive just doing that is kind of like a it's an amazing experience man especially like if you you imagine a combo in your head and then you're able to do it like that's yeah. a really like satisfying feeling and i think that's mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. fun aspect to uh discovery is is what you can what you can actually formulate and do uh and i feel like with this game like i mean i it's, especially right now since it's in beta form it's like and it has a training mode like that alone is just like phenomenal so i i totally understand where max is coming from when he's like i'm discovering like i was discovering nagaryuki before this podcast like i was (laughs) i was just sitting there like figuring stuff out and just that is enjoyable for me oh man Uh, who should we talk about next zato or nagaryuki oh zato is so i I think that is maybe the single most impressive looking character like an insanely cool looking character my god it's like it's like the thing I can compare it to is the first time I saw Relento in Alpha Two, right? Yeah. Like, I know what his sprite looked like in Final Fight, you know, and I was like, okay, I was like, oh, Relento is in there, cool. I like Relento, but I didn't realize I loved Relento until I saw <laughs> his Alpha Two sprite. Uh, he doesn't stand like anyone else, uh, and I, there's a certain sort of signature to what his composition is, like in gesture. And I feel like Zato kind of has that same sort of uh, sensibility, except that you feel that with every frame, uh, just every single frame. His hair is just majestic. That is impossible. Um, <laughs> like it flows and floats. Like it's its own entity. Uh, his walk forward animation is just literally like '90s anime. Like, it is just beautiful for no reason at all. You shouldn't be able to be this attractive just breathing. Like, because he actually is breathing, like, you can see it, like, in his walk <laughs> animation. Like, it's just, it, you know what it is? It's, this is like uh, Cyclops' idol animation yeah, from Children of the Atom yeah, on crack. for the first time, yeah. Yeah, because there's, like, subtle aspects to him that he feels very alive. Like, his whole body is breathing. Yeah. Uh, but it, but it's much more subtle. I think it's more pronounced in uh, Cyclops's uh, idol animation. But like here, it's like his whole body is breathing, but it's in a very reserved sort of uh, thing. And there's something really beautiful about that. Um, what's also interesting is his walk back animation. While the design language of it is not as dynamic as his 2D hand drawn one, the volume of this character makes it intriguing. Like, there's something to be said about, like, the way that he's modeled. Because he's thicker. Like, he's a more dense character. uh, But he's still somehow, like, lean. But it feels... It's just there's something about, like, the way that 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 actually works that's really intriguing to me. Uh, Even his transitions uh, from standing to crouching is just like, oh, my God, like... Why are you just? Why are you? Why are you, the, you this perfect being? This perfect model? Um, <laughs> like it's just like, and then the dash animation, like he's on a surfboard, amazing. right? Yeah, 
like that's amazing like there's so much that you can feel even without seeing zato's eyes too yeah. in terms of like body language and just like there's so much to absorb uh in terms of his movements and honestly what he makes me feel is i wish testament was in this game oh uh, yeah. <laughs> because because if, if if zato can look this majestic and amazing then testament probably will make me hold all the beers yeah. uh in this regard and, uh yeah, he he just looks so confident. He looks like he's really enjoying himself. Yeah, yeah, like everything that he does. Like there's gestures when he's like beckoning, like his demons and stuff, like where he's like clapping the and clap like, pointing is, is and just so oh beautifully God, done. It's yeah. so cool. And you know what? we like we, have, we haven't even mentioned Eddie yet. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, that that yeah, that goopy flowing amorphous shadow it, it, Eddie looks fantastic I, f- I feel like Eddie could be its own character by itself Yeah, like Eddie is its own character by itself just the way that it moves with Zato uh, what's, a, it, what's amazing is it communicates so much volume and it has very little lighting uh, it, yeah. Um, oh, yeah it's, it's all contours yep. and it's, it just shows you why why you, why, you, why you get good at contours when you're learning drawing like the the, the power of a good contour is, is on full like, display like, here. Even when his limbs overlap, they don't uh, draw the interior contour uh, a lot of the time, and yet it reads perfectly. Because he's a shadow, right? Shadows don't have lines. They're just one solid shape. But They, they are the absence of reads, light. Yeah, it reads perfectly. It's... It's just... Oh, I, God. I don't even know how they did it. I. It's so good... I haven't even slowed down to think like how did they pull this off in 3D, um, and I I'm not even thinking like it looks, it's not just that it looks so much like 2D. It's just that it, it looks so good. <laughs> it just looks good. I don't even don't even question it. I'm just like too busy enjoying how great it looks. It's it's uh, kind of like uh, the fact that Faust is like a whole red line anime, uh, all by himself. Yeah. All, all by himself. He's just Takeshi Koike in the game. Oh like, my god! Just... Yeah. <laughs> like there's, there's so much. Uh, just every character in this game is like just like a, a visual masterpiece, and it, it's hard to put it down. You know, like it's, it's hard to put it down. Like you know, I mean, also the fact that the beta is going through a lot of like beta test things in terms of it being functional or not functional it's like you know you feel like you, you know if you turn the game off it's gonna go away <laughs> you don't want it to go away but um it's just it's such a beautiful game i mean i've never seen a paper bag look so interesting so menacing like, in, a, right? in, a, in a game yeah like just just normal mundane things being taken to like the most the umpteenth degree uh like his shoes are amazing like just everything about this this character is is incredible. I haven't played Faust. I've fought against Faust in the closed beta, uh, but he's he's definitely one of those like mixed bag characters where you don't know, you really don't know what he's gonna do. Uh, and often I'm terrified. Even if I win matches against Faust, I'm like, oh man, like I don't know what he does. I, I love that like, he's yeah, wearing I, I, sneakers. Y'all, y'all notice how freaking tall he is in this game? Like how tall he is yeah. in this game? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I mean, Dr. Bag. I mean, he's always been always tall, been but still. Tall, but yeah. He, but he is like the boogeyman now. He, he's... Oh my goodness. Um, James, Wait. I want to I wanna get back to what you were saying. Um, he looks so much like a Takeshi Koike 
character, w w which is amazing for so many reasons. First off, um, Takeshi Koike is just an amazing animator. Please look him up. Please watch Red Line. Um, if you haven't, catch up on all those great Kawajiri movies that he contributed to. Uh, but, like, so, so one of the signature things of Takeshi Koike is he, he loves doing spot blacks in animation, which is, you know, usually something that they do in comics. Um, very, very like Mike Mignola influence. But, um, so, so Faust is shaded fundamentally differently than every other character. He's the only character with these spot blacks, and yet it works. You don't, you don't question it. You don't, you don't feel like he's from another game or like, no, you're just like, he's so creepy that light hits him differently. That's the character. It's not that he's in a different style. It, it just works. It's, it's so good. It's, it's so good. What, so one of the good. things I noticed and I didn't notice this before, and I don't know if this existed in the previous beta, there's a slight gradient yes. uh, that tapers it. Yeah. So... It's it's really interesting how uh, they were able to make that work in a specific manner. Yeah. Uh, it it just if anything, it makes him even more uh, immersive. And and one of the other things that's interesting is um his walk back animation. He's like he's twitching, <laughs> and it literally looks like a scene from Trava. Like it literally yeah. looks like a character yeah. from 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 Trava, like just just living, you know, on on yeah. the spaceship. We didn't know Faust was there, uh, and just the subtle movements of that and making that work in three D, like that is just like a. I feel like his back, his walking back animation deserves an award. Yeah, just just on its own. He, he, uh, there's got, so many. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, all this movement is so exaggerated. Like if you freeze frame anything that he's doing you'll see like how long his fingers are and how his neck bends and yeah like uh how he like bends his arms differently and he's got like weird details like he's got um the you know the blood pressure um sleeves like tightened around the top of his arms like oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right yeah all the movement is so inherently creepy um and it's and it's it's super exaggerated too. Like it's and yet to your point, Richmond, it doesn't feel out of place, even though he's his like like all the anticipation in his moves is insane. Like every single frame, you like you, you pause it, you're like, wow, his neck moves really far up. It should not bend that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got crazy squash and stretch going on, but it it, it works. Doesn't feel out of place. Doesn't he doesn't feel too rubbery. It, it, it's it's just no. right. Yeah, it's like everything everything about Faust is just like I just did his overdrive just to watch it, <laughs> just <laughs> just to see it, and it's like is is that the wheelchair one? Yes, and it's just like that's a show, that's a show. Like I like oh, like you could pause this and hide the menus, and somebody like what anime is this? And it's like oh no, this is actually a game that I'm playing. <laughs> like it's yeah. just. It's it's amazing um, the level of of work that goes into each and every one of these characters. Every character in this game has its own visual language, but it's still cohesive. Like yeah. they all express themselves in their silhouettes in specific ways. Their idle animations, but but none of it is like samey. Like everything is just God. It's, it's so good. I'm gonna go as far as to say I don't think this has ever been done 
in a 3D game where the characters are like so fundamentally different, you know, like the way they animate, the way they're rigged, their movement style, their shading style, but they all come together like so well. It's oh gosh. It's like I would love to see a picture that just has a collection of all of their their models together. Yeah. Kind of like when they do that at the end of uh, X Men: Children of the Atom. Oh, I would yeah, love yeah. to see them all just walking. <laughs> like, like that would be such a beautiful thing to see. Just to see all those visual languages, like just kind of independently being and existing. Uh, yeah. I, I, it, it's, it's like looking at this game. I mean, I've said it before. But like, it's the, in terms of the visual splendor of it, it's like we don't deserve this game. Like, like Arxis did not have to like basically make their own stuff look like garbage in comparison. Like, it's just, it's so ridiculous because I remember when Exert came out I was like oh my god like this is amazing this is insane and then it's just like Arxis is like nah that's trash bro you can do better than that like and we're like really like you're literally doing stuff no one else is doing like you, just, you don't have to and they're like no we have to we have to defeat ourselves like, yeah it's and it's it's also inspiring in a way because I mean I think as creatives especially uh in games I mean it can be really difficult to like you know function that way but I think that you know, to some degree, you can't help but benefit from just trying to uh, basically compete against yourselves as as a staff collectively. Because um, if you get the right people and the right resources together, you get stuff like this where it's just like, no, nah, we're just trying to beat ourselves. We're just trying to be better than what we were before. Uh, and this game really encapsulates like what it means to have like the heart of like a passionate creative or collective of creatives. Uh, and it's inc incredibly inspiring, regardless of what type of game you're making, whatever type of style it is, like just the idea of just coming together and doing what you love to do. Like, I feel like that's like the Arxis, like mantra in everything that you see and everything that you experience and feel with their games. It's just, you know, these people love what they're doing and they go out of their way to show that every single time. Yeah. I, I just want to uh, dig a little deeper into um, just why I'm so impressed with the animation in this game. Like, uh, so with with Zerd, um, you know, they, they, they famously didn't use tweens, right? Like, they, they treated it as if it was a 2D game, basically. Like, sort of, they, everything was hand-posed. Um, no more frames than you normally would see in a hand-drawn game. And with with Zerd, I think they, 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 they've embraced the 3D aspect. Um, so there's a lot of parts where it is tweened, but it, it's fine. It looks great. Like, uh, if, you, if you look at Eddie, um, Eddie's got a constant, like, kind of shimmer effect going on. And that, that's, you know, that's, that's automated. And it's, it's, like, full frame rate. But you don't question it. And it, it still blends in with other stuff that's going at a different frame rate. And that's what I think what this game does so well is um, the modulated frame rates like it uh, so that's a hallmark of 2d games I mean that that's just how you do 2d games it, it, it's you know uh, what I mean my modulated frame rate is uh, just you hold the frames for a different length right it's it's not even right 3d games are just they're gonna be even like they, they're gonna aim to be an even 60 frames per second or whatever the the constant frame rate is right but uh, 2d games you know, you hold some frames longer, you play some quicker, 
Um, if you look at Zerd, uh, it did that, but it, for the most part, it was on twos. It was the game ran at 60 frames per second. Like if, if you actually find the 3D files, scroll through the animations you, you, yourself, uh, pretty much most of the animations were um, held for five frames at a time, uh, divided by 60. That that's um, tw uh, 12, right? Five five times 12 is is 60. Uh, so that's the equivalent of twos, 12 frames per second. Um, sometimes less than that. And then with, my gosh, with uh, Strive, it's all over the place. It's closer to, um, I dare say, like uh, the classic Capcom games, you know, like on the order of Street Fighter Three or CVS, like it really varies. Like some moves are really smooth. Uh, some are intentionally choppier. Um, but it's all very intentional. It's it's not like, oh, we didn't have time to do all the frames. It's just like, okay, some moves actually do feel better with less frames. Mm -hmm. it, it conveys a different feeling, right? Um, and then some yeah. come out quickly and it feels great. And they're super smart about it. Like uh, if you look at Soul, Soul Standing Idle, um, it's lower frame rate. Like when you see his, uh, his, his scarf billowing in the wind, um, it's a little bit lower, but it it just works. It's like, uh, if it was smoother, it would feel too 3D. Somehow, like, being at a lower frame rate, it actually feels more like the uh, sort of staccato, irregular rhythm of um, actual cloth blowing in the wind. You know, when you look at cloth in real life, it's not, it's never like an even loop, right? It's, it's, it's kind of wild, it's, it's, it's irregular, and, and the lower frame rate kind of sells that. And then, um, if you just look at the characters in general, like, they're really smart about when they tween and when they don't. You know, like when Eddie, uh, when Zato is transformed into Eddie and he gets hit, he flails and it's it's smooth and it's fine. And then there's other parts where it's like super controlled. And then just coming back to Faust, like, or Faust, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but um, th okay, so here's why modulated frame rates are really like important for a fighting game specifically. It's because they don't need to tween everything. Uh, because your brain, is not expecting everything to be even. You accept like these big jumps, so that when Faust does his uh, fierce, standing fierce, and he just like throws himself into that spear scalpel, and he's like lying just prone on. He, he's completely on the floor. He's like lying straight, flat on the floor, and then a frame later he's standing again. And but you don't question it, because it's it's like 2D. It's not 3D. You don't. You don't feel like, oh, what the hell? The character just popped back in place. That looks weird, right? You you don't question nope. it. It just works, and that is so I, important for a fighting game. Yeah, like I think that's that's one of the things that uh, really impressed me about this is that the movement of everything is is more about what it's supposed to feel like, yeah. not because uh, I because sometimes I you know I have these you know have had discussions with people and. You know, someone will go, well, oh, this this is such and such frames per second. And this is, well, it's smoother because it's 60. And it's like, I think that depending on what you're going for and what is the uh, desired achievement, like, you know, you appropriate frame rates accordingly. Yes. And I feel like this game is a, a huge experiment. And not even an experiment, like it's a result of like, gaining the particular type of confidence that you would need uh, to like actually pull this off yeah. um, because not everything 
not everything is gonna look silky smooth. And the thing is, is that I mean, I know you've seen this, Richmond, but I think there was like a someone took Sakura's uh, wind pose from Alpha Two, the dance animation, and they moved it up to like 200 frames a second. It <laughs> yeah. looked unworldly. It looked like it was just, just, just. It was creepy. Yeah. Like there was nothing cool about that. Like I felt like I was like on drugs looking at it. Like it yeah. was just like. I don't need that, you know? Yeah. And I, I feel like what what's going on with uh, with Strive is that they understand that, like, no, you don't need a billion frames for everything. Now, some yes. things need to be smooth. Like, yep. some things need to be... Like, his crouching animation is definitely a very smooth, flowing process. Uh, soul. Uh, in comparison to... Like, if you look at, you know, the cloth that he has wrapped around the, his gun blade... Uh, you know, you were just talking about how, you know, it doesn't have uh, a bunch of frames, but it works. But when you look at when he crouches, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, it's like this silky, smooth, flowing uh, animation. Yeah. Uh, but but it doesn't look jarring. It doesn't look wrong. It looks very correct. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like um, fighting games are an abstraction, right? Like uh, in the classic 2D games, you, you throw out a meaty punch, it hangs there, and it does more damage even as it's just sitting there. Like, that doesn't make actual sense but um you you feel it it makes sense when you're playing but uh yep. that feels weird in most 3d games right it doesn't quite feel right in street fighter 4 or 5 and because because nope. it's a 3d game it's the moment it stops moving it's dead right uh, so yeah they, they, they add a lot of secondary so so there's a lot of settling in um but then like everything's so smooth everything feels meaty like it it's hard it you don't really feel the difference between like a jab and a heavy as much, but you you feel all of that in in Guilty Gear. It's it's the intentionality, and uh, it, a lot of it is in controlling the 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 frames. It's crazy. You know, I, I'll take it a step farther. I'm I'm gonna go go galaxy brain for a second. I think okay. modulating frame rates emulates real life. <laughs> like if you're in a fight when yeah. you're in danger your frame rates go up and down like have you ever had your adrenaline pumping and time slows down like you, your frame rate goes yeah. up in real life you know yeah and yeah. and then when yeah. you, when you get that adrenaline dump and you're calming down like everything just kind of gets choppier right like it's well also yeah. because your your eyes are actually combining two sides like two looks at the same thing and it's summarizing an image together so you also have blind spots in your ability to see movement yeah 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 um, like your brain covers for it, yeah. uh, so you don't notice it. But to your point, the, the whole like trick when you put like you cover one eye and cover another one, and then that's also why like depth perception is is yeah. hurt is that it requires your, your brain's taking a lot of information at the same time, and then it's kind of constructing some of it um, based on past experience or what it thinks is happening. But again, you experience it as one thing, but it's to your point, you, you definitely experience it at different. Absolutely, levels. and I think. Um, I I don't think anyone sits down and like thinks about that before they animate necessarily <laughs> or like design a game. But I think um, unconsciously, uh, th that's why these things are, are time tested and feel really good to uh, millions of players. Is that um, you know, it w especially in animation, you you have a chance to um, abstract movement and weight and even time itself, and uh, that just feels better. You know, it, it actually, I think it's a better representation of the human experience than um, something very literal and even, because life isn't so clean and even in, in real life. 
things well, I think things we, are messy and modular. We also, we also talked about this with games like uh, Tekken, where like uh, having like slow formulaic animation, like it it um, because things that happen in real life are much more reactive. Um, like in terms to your point, like you don't see all these things. So when you see something spelled out, it then you you lose you lose connection to the character. Uh, because it just kind of feels like you're giving them suggestions rather than controlling them. Like there yeah. isn't enough granularity yeah. in understanding the motion. Um, it, it it probably is more simulated simulated like if if you're intoxicated with something like you're uh, to your point it's the opposite where you see uh, you see more frames because your your perception is slowed down um, and your and your brain is processing it slower. So yeah, I think t- to your point, a lot of animators kind of intuitively get these things. But they may not necessarily be understanding what they're manipulating uh, when they create them. Hmm. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> this game's so cool. Ah. So right. I also wanted to point out something else that I noticed that's pretty pretty cool. Is there's I noticed there's certain actions in the game that they they time stop the game very subtly yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. in order for it to happen. Uh, one thing that I noticed is like. Um, when Nagoya Yuki exits his blood mode, he puts his helmet back on, and the game very subtly frame freezes in order for him to do it. Like, he doesn't freeze, but it slows it down just enough uh, so that you can see that happening, and I thought that was an interesting choice. So they do it in a couple other places as well. Yeah, um, so Guilty Gear famously has that sort of that, that hit stop, right? Um, or, I don't know, is it hit, hit stop? More, more like the characters just kind of stick and hold the extreme pose traditionally. Yeah. Yeah, in the older yeah. games, it's like boop, 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 boop. Like It's like they're going from pose to pose. And um, yeah. I think this is the first Guilty Gear game where they have, uh, they settle, uh, you know, after those poses. There's a lot of secondary after everything. But um, it still seems to have that satisfying fast guilty gear tempo i don't know like but i i haven't actually played it like how, how does it feel when you're actually playing it oh my goodness um i will say that there is a a slight sense of weightiness i guess in compared to like actual like 2d guilty gear yeah um but it doesn't feel wrong mm. i guess to, to, to put it uh, I mean, I played. I've probably played Exert more than I've played like older 2D Guilty Gear games now. But one of the things that uh, Exert also had was a certain like heaviness to it. Yeah. But once you you sort of get past that, uh, which is f- fairly quick, um, the game feels tight the way that it really should in terms of like uh, I guess responsive in terms of like inputs. Um, it does not feel like there is a uh, lethargic sort of delay to things like like when you go from playing uh, Third Strike to Street Fighter 4 there's or or even CBS 2 to Street Fighter 4 there's a, a certain sense of just like things kind of drag a bit it's like you're waiting uh, almost, for the animation to finish like, like, right? yeah like you're waiting for animations to like finish um, whereas in this game I sort of feel like you can that certain nuance that happens from 2D fighting games, like I feel like you're closer to that um, in this game than you are um, like other games. Like to me, it, there's something about it that feels incredibly like familiar and just correct. I know that sounds 
kind of like I'm just like you know I've got my rose tinted glasses on or you know but it 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 doesn't feel off putting. Um, so uh, Guilty Gear fans are going to hate me for saying this, but um, I, I love the Guilty Gear games. We've done so many podcasts on them, but my I, I, I always felt like they felt a little bit too floaty and light. Like uh, everyone feels like Vega. Like everyone feels like Street Fighter Alpha Vega, whereas like you know like there's not that much difference of a weight sense of weight and stuff between characters, um, but with with uh, Strive, just, I mean, I, I'm only looking at it. Again, I haven't played it yet, but like, I can tell the characters feel very different. Like, the the the, the feedback you get from each hit, it's 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 very different. You know, if you're Giovanna, right, or Mei, or 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 Zato, or Nagoro Yuki, like they all feel like they have a proper weight that matches the way they look and move. You know what? Yeah, that's yeah, that's. Even within the heaviness that this game sort of has, that Exert has, uh, there is a particular weight and feel to every character that feels appropriate. Um, it's like when you're moving with Nagoro Yuki and you're moving with somebody like Kai, there's a very different experience, uh, and it and it feels appropriate to the character. Like, you know, if someone says, "Oh man, I can't dash with Nagoro Yuki," but then it's like it's Nagoro Yuki. He wouldn't dash. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't he wouldn't move that way he wouldn't do these things so it's like when you when you meet these certain obstacles like subconsciously you sort of just respect it you're like oh okay yeah that that makes sense i how well, I mean, can i move if, with this character if you can project your spirit and teleport why would you need to dash exactly yeah like why waste your time i, like, I, why waste your time I, saw, I saw a clip online of a chip player versus a nagara yuki and uh, the chip player was all over the place, dashing all over, like trying to, you know, dashing in and out. And then Nagoro Yuki was just holding his ground, you know, blocking, biding his time until he just gets that one <laughs> needy hit in. And um, I, I think the person posting it was just joking. Like they were like kind of flabbergasted, like, oh, look, I'm doing all this. And then this guy hits me once. But I'm like, dude, if this were the Guilty Gear manga or anime, that's exactly exactly how that fight would go down like that's to be honest that's yeah. how a match went I, I had a set with a guy like that because i was playing kai yeah and i was like rushing down and applying pressure and he just or they just saw an opening and it was almost like uh in old chambar films where you play out a scenario in in you know in their heads before it happens yeah uh I hit the button and I knew that I was not supposed to hit a button. Like it, 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 before he did anything, I knew I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna pay for this," <laughs> and I paid for it. And it was just like it was such a cool thing though, because I, I think I recorded it, so I'll probably post it. But um, yeah, like Nagoro Yuki is definitely that character that bides their time if they want to. Mm. Um, I don't know if we've gotten into the specifics of Nagoro yet, but. If you want to, you can play very reserved with Nagaruduki. And when you see that opportunity, you can literally take 60 to 80 to 100%, depending on how you orchestrate like things. So that's how he feels, and that's what he's supposed to feel like. When you're moving around with him in training mode, you're like, okay. Like, it feels like you're moving the character. It sounds corny to say it, but it's just like controlling your character 
is kind of like controlling who you are and you're stepping into their shoes. So like you feel that sense of weightiness when you can't dash with him. You're like, Oh my God. Okay. Like, like you feel it. You're like, okay. Like, yeah, that's the, this is how he's supposed to move. This is what this is supposed to mean. And when you feel trapped by him, you, to me, I feel it. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, like I can't move. Uh, or I have to be more decisive about how I move. So these things play out even just visually, not even on the gameplay side, just visually. Like you just, and even just the way that he carefully caresses the blade, you know, there's just like a certain sense of presence that Nagoto Yuki has oh, yeah. where nothing else is going on but the fight for him. Yeah. You know, like it's just, oh my God. So good. It's so good, man. I was, this is not exactly about Nagoyuki, but I was going to mention actually a little thing I like about the beta that I, I hope they maintain is you definitely have a replay, James, because it automatically saves replays of each fight. Uh, it has like a little notification that tells you, and I, I was actually pretty That's appreciative perfect. of that because I had like a fight, and I was like, oh, that was actually like pretty good, and it was like replay saved, and I was like, oh, okay, that's nice. It just kind of does it automatically, and I think it. Uh, stores that it, it, it backs it up into their their cloud. Now, granted, they've been having server issues, but still, the the fact that they kind of automatically save replays for online matches is pretty cool. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, because I manually save them with uh, PlayStation Four, but um, you know, if there's an option where they're already like saved, then you know, hey, I'll just. I don't believe I turned it on, so I think it's I think it's a default. Yeah, I don't know where they're oh, stored okay, though, cool. but they, they definitely yeah. automatically do it uh, for yeah. online matches. I don't think it does it for anything else. Oh, okay. No, I mean, that's what I wanted for is, uh, like, online matches, so I definitely will uh, look into that, because like, I, I had some some pretty interesting uh, matches that I so, am excited to, to show people. But to, to go back to uh, Nagoyuki, have you also noticed he's got some really nice details? Like, for instance, his, uh, his burst, he's actually, like, if you look closely, he's actually, like, folding his legs and uh, going into kind of a, med- a meditative pose when he does it. Whereas like other characters kind of like burst their arms open and kind of like talking about being very present in the fight and being in control of himself. I thought that was a pretty cool touch. Yeah, very, very I measured. never noticed that, but yeah, I see that. That's really... Well, and it plays into the theme. Uh, I, 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 t- I did a 0.25 frame to get like a screenshot of it. It plays into the theme that he's in control of himself until his blood gauge fills and then he briefly loses control um, uh, of that, and that's like it even looks like he kind of it, he explodes into uh, his blood rage, and then he puts his helmet back on, and he return he returns control, uh, and he retains his composure, uh, and that's like why it's such a balance between. And I thought that was really cool thematically. I feel like they really nailed that. Yeah, like that's like a oh, man. He almost looks like a crest when he. Uh... When he bursts, like he's so, he's so artful at all times. <laughs> like everything that, everything that Nagoriyuki does is so purposeful. Yeah. Uh, just, just it's it's such like a, it's just oh, it's such a cool character. Uh, I, I'm I'm and I'm excited to learn more about this character. Um, how was your experience? Like I know you said that you were, you mentioned that you felt like you could fight. Uh, a little more, like, I guess, like, better uh, with him in the way this game works and, like, being able to, like, punish things that, you know, you're able to see where, like, there's a gap and, like, you know, things like that. But, like, was there anything else that you experienced outside of that? Um, The way that I would explain it is, and I don't know if this is something about the way that they updated the game, but um, 
In most things, I like to play like tank characters, not because I like to be slow, but because I like to have a lot of health. Like, you know, that gives you more room to make mistakes. But uh, so, I, but I was thinking like in fighting games, I I tend to prefer, like I said, like um, characters like Guy and Kai, where you can build up a lot of momentum and you're a relatively fast character. Um, I don't normally like normally do well with like a slow feeling character. So when I saw him, he looks like he's slow, and he is, but I um, to some degree. But uh, I think the way I would explain it is I've never been particularly good at pulling off very long combos. Like I can pull off specific ones, um, and I felt like um, with Nagori Yuki, you actually can do a lot with very purposely paying attention to your opponent and using a lot of his normals. You don't actually have to pull off all of his combos, um, and you can cancel into his projection. It's not really a dash. You can cancel those in, into his projection pretty easily, and I've never been good at canceling, um, basically ever. So I felt weird that I was like, oh, I'm going to try him because I think he's really cool and see how he feels, but I, I don't think I'm going to like how slow he feels. But it's almost like, to your point, you're a lot of there's a lot of like waiting um, and biding your time and kind of paying a lot of attention. And I noticed that I got very good at um, doing stuff like punishing when people would jump at me. And I, like I said, I wasn't doing a lot of like the insane combos that you see online, but I felt that I was able to understand that a lot of his moves are very uh, are actually pretty straightforward. Like, um, like a lot of his main moves are just quarter circle backs or quarter circle forwards, right? Like, you know, the actual movements are not all that complex, and chaining them together, uh, like ha having like a really good like three hit combo or something like that. Um, it made me feel like I had more control over over what was going on because I could rely on his normals, uh, and I could pull off very small combos uh, when there was an opening. So I think it was that combination of me feeling like, oh, I can in like because I feel like when I'm playing fighting games initially, sometimes with like, like to your, we we might have been talking about like this before, but like we have a character like Chip. Uh, when you're first playing him, you kind of feel like you're button mashing. Like, you feel cool because he dashes all over the place and whatever, but you don't feel like you have a whole lot of control because you're still learning how to connect the moves together and stuff like that. So I thought he was really fun, but I wasn't doing a good job. I was still kind of losing, and I didn't feel like I was able to be like, oh, my opponent is doing this and I am reacting this way. The only reason I, I feel like I could do it with Kai is because Kai has been relatively unchanged in terms of his core movesets, so I'm actually pretty familiar with uh, how to use them but Nagaruyuki, I picked up pretty quickly. I felt like I was doing things on purpose, um, even without a lot of experience using him. Uh, like, oh, they're they're jumping. Let me use this attack. Like, okay, I have this much range. Um, I can I can basically I forget what his um his uh, quarter circle back um, uh, jab is, but it does kind of like that that he does the kind of backwards turn. Uh, and so like I actually felt that I was. Um, applying moves intentionally to what my opponent was doing and actually being successful. So that made me feel it made it feel accessible to me because I didn't have to I didn't feel like I had to learn a lot of nuance to be successful as long as I was paying attention to my opponent if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean that's one of the things that's really beautiful about how uh, Nagoto Yuki actually works. I feel like there's two sides to uh, that coin, right? So, because I remember we were talking earlier and I was like, I need to rehearse the song and dance that is Nagori Yuki, um, mainly because I want to be able to like manage his uh, his blood gauge. So the thing about him is that there's definitely times where you really do want to bide your time with him, and you really want to just punish things, uh, especially if it's working, right? Like if 
you're getting in the opponent's head and like crouching heavy slash is just like a puzzle they can't solve yeah you're gonna keep presenting that puzzle to them because there's no reason for you not to um and what's beautiful about it is like, that works right uh and i think that that type of play is what he's supposed to be doing at some point within like all of what's going on in terms of managing his blood gauge and things like that so when i was playing him like just messing around with him i was like okay well how many teleports fill the blood gauge right i think it's like eight right and i was like how many uh you know of his uppercut can i do that just so i know in the back of my head like okay if i land this in a combo i need to keep in mind like what my options are in terms of whether i want the blood gauge to fill up or not um and finding ways to actually get the blood gauge to go down uh to maintain it just in case i want to be able to like capitalize on canceling special I, moves what's up uh, I was gonna say, something that i thought was an interesting choice for them so when i originally watched it my my thought was it was one of those things where you know like you felt the blood gauge and then you can transform but um the fact that uh, it fills up and then when it fills, he automatically uh, goes into Blood Rage, and it's something that's like a little bit less controlled. I, I mentioned before that I actually, when I watched it, I, I was imagining that it was going to be all about getting getting your blood gauge filled up. But to your point, I actually realized, at least in my playstyle, that I usually didn't want it to fill up. And the times when uh, I didn't manage it properly, um, even though it gives you a ton of range, uh, I actually found that I I wanted more to make the uh, my opponent come to me. I didn't want to have full screen range, uh, like I didn't want my blood gauge to activate. So I thought that was an interesting dichotomy. It's not what I expected out of the character when it was introduced in terms of what yeah. his playstyle looked like. Because I thought it was like I said, I thought it was more of like a, a super bar that I was filling up. But in reality, it's kind of the reverse. Um, right. I'm sure it's... as I get better, I'll learn how to use it more intentionally. But I was kind of mostly trying to avoid it. Well, I think that's the initial reaction too. Is like you're uh, the player not you yourself but the player is usually thinking like i need to manage this i need to mitigate what this is like because i don't know how it works and like what it does and i mean i've seen people in matches where they were able to like whiff punish and like all right i'm gonna combo this 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 and the blood gauge is like going up going up going up and then they were in front of an opponent and <laughs> Well, not in front of them, but uh, they were like, I think like mid-screen or something, and they just totally went into the blood gauge thing. And not only did their was their their life bar going down, you could tell they weren't sure what to do. So the opponent was like, "Oh, I'm gonna haul ass on you because you don't know what to do with this." So it's one of those things where when you can precisely predict and orchestrate scenarios with him, you can create a situation where, one, you can make the blood gauge activation safe. Uh, ironically, if you're close to the opponent and you do blood gauge, it gives blowback. And I believe it's mostly safe. There might be something long range that can punish it. Uh, are, are there invincibility frames? Because like, I feel like another is one of those things where also it heavily telegraphs what's happening. So you're kind of vulnerable for a fair amount of the windup. Or at oh, least, yeah. like right after the windup. Oh yeah. yeah, but there's like a there's like a blowback that happens where it pushes you away, so it's kind of hard to punish it. Not saying it's not punishable. I think it is. It's just I don't think that it is as easily punishable as like one would be led to believe. So it's one of those things where if you're not comfortable with it, like usually what I'm what I'm trying to do right is 
pay attention to the blood gauge to a point where I'm like, okay, if I'm two or three uh, special moves away from the blood gauge, right? I want to see if I can condition my opponent, right? If I've already knocked them down, if I've already done a combo on them, or I've thrown them or something, or maybe I haven't thrown them yet, but they're scared of getting hit, that's when I'm probably going to whiff uh, his, his teleport into his command grab, because his command grab actually takes the blood gauge down. So the idea is that, like, if... It's like, once you understand, like, okay, this is what I want with the blood gauge. Like, right now, I don't want to fill it up. So what I need to do, I need to find a way to condition my opponent to make them scared to get hit so I can grab them. Um, and then I just want all of our listeners to know real quick while you're talking about this that his command grab is called Bloodsucking Universe. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Go on. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's super important. I actually forgot to, to mention that. But, uh, yeah, so it's really about managing these things in a way to orchestrate what you want to happen in a match. Like, something that I do, and this is something I do with all my characters, is uh, once I understand like how they move, how much damage they do, and all that stuff, that's when I start to create scenarios. I'm like, okay, if I land this combo, what do I want to do next, right? Like, basic example I could say is like Guy from Alpha 2, right? I do a combo that knocks you down. Uh, nine times out of ten, I'm going to get close to you again. Uh, I could jump, but Guy has a very high jump. It's very predictable and can be anti-aired. So what am I going to do? I'm going to whiff his run. Because his run puts me right in front of my opponent. Um... Depending on the game, it's negative. Uh, some games, I think it's zero. But the idea is that I'm already plotting, like, okay, what do I want to do next? And I want to know that already before I fight my opponent. And I feel like with Nago, he's one of those characters that you kind of want to have, like, like a Rolodex of scenarios that play out in your head. It's like, okay, if I land this combo, what are the next three steps that I'm going to be picking from in my head? And already kind of have them based on, like, what you know about your opponent already or what you don't know. Like, some Nago players don't really do much the first round because they're just trying to, like, listen. You know, it's almost like a conversation. Like, they want to hear what their opponent has to say. Are they very uh, antsy? Do they like to jump a lot? Do they like to apply offensive pressure? Do they want to... Do, do I feel the anxiety of them wanting to get in all the time? And then once you understand that with Nago, it's kind of like, well, okay... I think I can just beat this character with two normals <laughs> because they jump a lot and they don't understand that like I cover like half the truth. So you play like that, like you're just like okay. I, I, have, just... I have I had a couple of matches where I didn't do very well the the first round, but I did learn. Especially like I don't know why Kai Kai players like to jump a lot for at least not very good ones like, relative to me. Like uh, to your point, I got very good at being like, oh, he's gonna jump, he's gonna he's gonna fireball. Um, I know, like you can, because you can um, teleport out of the fireball really easily, and mm -hmm. generally, like it's got more. Like a lot of the people are using the um, the standing one that's got more of a wind up now. So like, yeah, it's, like, I got to the point where I was like, yes, jump, yes, do a fireball. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you were very already easy in their heads. To, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and I mean, and that's one of the things that uh, is interesting in terms of like this character's play style, at least in terms of what I believe it is. Because I really do think you can maul people with Nago. You just have to already have these things rehearsed in your head in terms of, okay, what am I going to do to scare you? Um, like, for example, like one of the things I was like messing around with in training mode is like getting a knockdown and then whiffing his toward and kick and it not hitting the opponent, just moving me forward and then doing the command grab. You know, because like 
sometimes people are assuming that, oh, you're moving, you're trying to hit me. And when they register in their head that they don't see the move, if they don't have good reactions, they're already stuck. And then you just grab them. Hmm. Right? Like, like, there's certain things that you can do with this character. You can do it with a lot of different characters, but again, this is about, like, how you express yourself with your, your character and why you do things. Um, you can also whiff his teleport into command grab. You know, if someone's not used to that. So, like, say you're, like, far away, right? And you do standing slash, and they're not really used to, like, what Nago can do. That's a free grab. Whether you land, stand, B or not, whether it's blocked or hit, like, I don't know the frame data on it just yet, but, like, in these early stages where people don't know frames yet, yeah, you can do, like, a far range stand slash teleport into command grab. Like, there's, like, a lot of really cool, subtle things that you can do in this game with this character that, like, I really uh, enjoy. Um, like, like you can do high damage with them. Like, I posted some stuff on Twitter uh, that I that I was, like, messing around with, and it's just, like, knowing how to manage his blood gauge, like, you can <laughs> you can almost kill somebody with, like, one combo, depending on, like, how, uh, like, you manage it. But that's the fun of this character. That's, like, the discovery of this character, like, it, there's ways that you can play this character on multiple levels. Like, I think there's going to be, like, a Nago army where there's going to be some people that are, like, super, like, aggressive rushdown, and there's going to be some people that are, like, frighteningly, like, uh, defensive. Uh, they with, got, like, they've the got that, like, that, that quiet, that quiet danger where... Yeah. I, I feel like um, the, the character already has that because he's, he's so calm and collected and he has a giant-ass sword. Like, you already kind of get the feeling that, like, if you get hit once, it's a problem, you know. Yeah. But you, you definitely don't feel like you can you can rush and make a mistake and not be punished for it. Um, just yeah. like I said, just by the look of the character, not even the player. Yeah, like like just just looking at the character alone, like you know, it's it's, it's this faceless demon that just is like somehow staring at you and waiting for you to do something. Like it just that there's a it's a really cool uh, experience that happens just locking eyes on this this character's model did, did you did you also notice that when he gets uh beaten he's actually like kind of lays on the ground and puts his, his hand up and rests his, his face on it kind of like he's annoyed he got beaten not like he's actually on the ground <laughs> yeah Is, isn't that very much like slayer the other vampire yeah yeah slayer a little is, bit yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. i feel like there's a heavy connection between those two characters uh i i hope that slayer is a dlc character at some point in this game I would even settle for him just being in story mode with Nago. Uh, but, like, it would be nice to see uh, Slayer make a return in this game and see how they translate him like, into Strive. But, um, but yeah, like, this is... Like, like when, I, when I play these games, like, I... Like, there's a lot of, like, just uh, analysis that I do. Uh, you know, because, I, again, I, I find that stuff a lot of fun. Just the, the ebb and flow of how I move like uh if thomas was in the chat like he would probably talk about the fact that i move like a savage when i play <laughs> uh like fighting games we just played third strike recently we had a really fun set uh but like it's something that i put a lot of time into uh again this is why i don't rush to play online right away unless it's a beta because well it's beta like you don't have the same amount of time as if you own it um but like yeah these are the kinds of things that i really enjoy and the fact that this game is so beautiful just makes it that much more fun to uh experience like you know i've literally there's been days when in the beta where i literally did nothing but training mode just to figure stuff out like you know and also stare at how fucking gorgeous this game is but 
you know, because there's, there's always that. Like, like you can't go wrong with that. But, but yeah, yeah like that's that, that's the beauty of Nago, though. He can be played multiple ways, and I'm excited to see uh, how that sort of shapes the way that this game is played. I I want to ask you about something. So um, during the closed beta. Uh, you know, after you and uh, Thomas had played it, uh, we, we did a podcast and you mentioned that back then that you felt like uh, gameplay was more limited compared to past Guilty Gears, like there weren't as many options to express yourself, felt like uh, there was sort of one optimal way to play each character and, you know, you were just kind of railroaded into playing that way if you want to win. So. Um, do, do you still get that sense at all? And like, if, if not, like what, what changed? I think uh, one of the things that may have happened uh, after the closed beta was there was a lot of feedback about how a lot of players felt in mm-hmm. regards to Guilty Gear. Uh, you know, whether you're an OG player, whether you're like a casual player, like whatever. And I think that uh, there was a middle ground that was met where overall Strive does limit characters in comparison to what they could do in previously in previous iterations. Uh, but I do think that there is a a particular level of expression that is has been implemented with characters in terms of like how you can condition your opponent. Uh, is it still linear for to to some degree? Eh, a little bit, but there is there's variables there that allow you to do a little bit more. But you know the argument can be said, well, why do that if you don't have to? Um, and I say that to say that right now it seems like Axel is probably the most accessible top tier in the beta, and only in the beta, like right now, like because Axel's always been kind of a top tier initially, uh, just because of the range that he has, just because of the the space that he controls, and in a game that already limits characters by default based on previous iterations, Axel is kind of like like up there. He's not OP, but he's up there. Um, I feel like even within all of that there is a particular type of expression that's allowed with characters in this game. Nago has it. Uh, I mean, Soul has it. The Soul is just a nut. Soul is really good in this game. Um, but I do think that you can express yourself in a particular way, and it works. Uh, some of the things that I've come up with with Kai work. Some of them don't. Um, but just in terms of surface level of like conditioning your opponent and getting in their head, I feel like you do have some more options i do think that those options become more limited when you're playing like stronger players i think that it really comes down to not just testing their knowledge but also like how do i condition or convince them to feel otherwise like how do i get them to uh not believe in themselves i guess is like Mm. the (laughs) the 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 way to to to, like uh or like how how do you make life difficult for them yeah like it's just so it's like you can still express yourself but i still think that there is a certain level of discipline that you have to implore at a certain level uh and and that's something that will always be checked consistently like when i got to like the eighth floor which again i'm not the best guilty gear player in the world but i'm I'm fairly competent uh like i noticed that that there was like there was more learning going on uh, which I appreciated. Like, I was like, oh, okay, I can't do this. Oh, okay, that doesn't work. Now I need to work on, like, ways to make this work. So when I play somebody else, I was stronger as a player, where it was just like, they may have played me earlier in the beta, and my Kai wasn't as clean, but now my Kai is a lot stronger. 
or vice versa. I might have played somebody that you know didn't know some things, and I played them again, and they were more knowledgeable. So I do think that expression in this game is still something that happens. It's just more unforgiving because everybody does good damage in this game. Mm. Everybody. <laughs> I was gonna ask about. Uh, this James, because I, I heard it mentioned that I've noticed it sort of in playing people, but I'm not good enough to use it. So I heard that the between the betas that they reworked how faultless defense is included. Yes, uh, they they have they've put like another version of it in the game. Um, I'm still doing like I think like the default roaming cancels, but uh, I mean timing wise, I'm doing them. Like pretty precisely, which allows me to do a little more damage in my combos. But I think, at least for me, when I first start out doing roaming cancel combos, I feel like I'm doing like sort of basic to moderate combo routes. So I'm getting, I don't know, like between 50 and maybe 55, 60% damage on conversions in certain cases. Um, like, and I know you can do, you can probably do more, but like, you know, I'm noticing by default, usually people are touching people and it's like 50 to 60, some cases 70, but, um, and this is outside of like infinites and whatnot, but, um, it's like, like, I feel like what they did to Roman canceling in this game is like opening up some, uh, interesting opportunities for, for players to, to work with, not just in combos, but even just, like, uh, defensively, um, in terms of setting up tricky, like, situations. Uh, like, I feel like there's there's more to play around with in this game than, than the previous beta. Um, I think it's a sign that the game is better, honestly. <laughs> like... Uh, I do feel like there's a disp- there's there's going to be some disparity with OG, like, Guilty Gear players. There are going to be some people that just don't like uh, the changes, but I mean, Ishibatari said it himself, like, this is a complete restructure of Guilty Gear and you know, for whatever, for whatever reason he felt like there needed to be a change uh, I'm sure modern the way that modern games are accepted in this day and age had a lot to do with it, but it may be something that he was thinking about for years too you know, we just didn't know, so it's, but again, I think that this is a it's a new era obviously with Guilty Gear and I think that whatever you have changed like that um, you know you do risk turning off fans but I think that from what I've seen and I have a very specific uh, perspective you know not being necessarily what someone would call an OG Guilty Gear player uh, I do think and understand and respect the idea that some people may not like this game but I definitely see a lot about this game that's amazing outside of the visuals, just in terms of competitive uh, aspects of it. So it's, to me, I feel like all the older Guilty Gears will still exist. And if people want to have scenes for them competitively, they'll still be able to. Uh, but I do think that Strive is a, it's a way for people to understand the sensibility of older Guilty Gear games uh, on a, I guess in comparison, like a homogenized linear level that may be slightly more accessible. Uh, but I think that this is a catalyst for like the best case study of like how to, well, I won't say best, but it's a strong case study for how to strike a middle ground with 
getting newer gamers into fighting games that may not understand the complexity or like the unforgiving aspects of them and for people who've been playing them like all their life uh like i i think that it's going to create a new set of players we may have new top players in guilty year oh, man. it may not be just the the ogs from back in the day it might be some new kid that like has never really played these games and just really likes the idea of like how unforgiving it can be um and we may have like new talent that's discovering things in a different way so i think it's exciting um but i think whenever you have change there's always an idea that someone's not gonna like it but that's okay like it's not it's just like with street fighter right like to this day my favorite street fighter games are like super turbo cbs2 alpha 2 third strike there are some people who really love Street Fighter 4. There's some people who love Street Fighter 5. It doesn't take away the fact that the older games still exist, that still, people still play them and people still love and enjoy them. It's just that you've created a new set of players that abide by a different design philosophy. And it's not that one is necessarily better than the other. It's just what people resonate with. And I think that this is creating something that is going to bring in a different type of resonation from players. And... It'll be exciting to see. It'll be interesting. I think that uh, competitive play in this game is going to uh, be intense in a different way <laughs> um, than it was in other games, but I still think that self-expression is still going to be uh, a sight to behold. So I, I'm excited about it, but I can understand why some OG Guilty Gear players will be like, oh, how dare you like this game? Oh my god, no! But again like they have every right to feel that way it's it's i mean i felt that way with street fighter 4 i was like oh god i hate this game you know and i still gave it a chance i still tried to figure it out but i was like oh, i just don't like this game like the way that i like third strike or, or or whatever but you know those games still exist you can still play them you can still have fun with them so um but in this i feel like it's it's ushering in a new era and it does empower people and I think that's exciting. I mean, just hearing the way Sean was talking about his experience with Nagori Yuki is like, yeah. that's kind of what you want, you know? Like, you want, like, someone to, to say, you know what, hey, this game is unforgiving, but I'm gaining confidence in the way that I want to play this game and express myself. I want that's a good thing. I mentioned a, a good thing about it. So back when I was at Blizzard, I, I won't say which games, but we did a lot of studies uh on different players as to like what keeps people playing a game. Uh, and I remember, especially for our competitive games, we found that um, if people feel that they have control and are improving, they will keep playing because most people play competitive games to get better. Um, mm -hmm. But ultimately that's where the achievement comes from. But what we found is that there's another side to it, which is that if you feel like you're so outclassed and so outmatched that so, Losing had a certain impact on whether or not you would stop playing the game. Um, so it, did, it actually, at its core, didn't matter if you won or lost as long as you felt like you were improving. But people that got absolutely crushed when they first started playing, it was we found that it was equal to losing like five or six times. Um, so I think, kind of going back to what I was saying about my experience so far with Strive, is that um, not just the accessibility of the character, but I have... Even though I have been destroyed, I have yet to feel like um, I have yet to feel like I was in that spot where it the loss felt like five losses. It actually felt like I, I haven't yet had a loss where I felt bad about it, even when I when I lost very badly. 
And I, I think that they are, that means that they are bridging the accessibility gap well, which means that, uh, and I even mentioned before that I had the, like I, I kept kind of going up against another player that I recognized and I, and even though I kept losing, I was demonstrable. I could tell my, I could see myself getting better because them being better than me was actually helping me elevate my play. And that just made it encouraging. So I, I feel like there is an element that you have to be very careful with, with competitive gaming but it is possible to make it accessible in such a way that people will enjoy it, even if they're losing. Um, and it's like I said, it's it's hard to bridge, but um, I think they're wow. doing it well so far. Yeah, I mean that's that's one of the the aspects to this that I I'm I'm enjoying is that like seeing people see high level play and not always be discouraged from it is actually a good thing. Um, Whereas with Guilty Gear, like previous Guilty Gear games, like there's definitely characters and play styles that can basically just make you feel like you haven't even put in an input, like you're just dead before. To, to, like, to me, anything. that's actually. I was gonna say to me that that's also the power of uh, esports nowadays, which is that unlike say a regular sport, you can watch any video game as a, at a high level professional play. And you know that they're playing the same game that you're playing, um, and that with enough practice or, or skill or you know drive, you could do the same thing. There's like, like I said, the reason I compare it to like uh, physical sports, like a baseball. Like, yeah, we can all go out and play baseball, but we're not playing the same game. We're not, we're not playing <laughs> the same game as professional major league baseball players or basketball players. But with games, especially with fighting games and with a lot of other video games, when you're watching professionals play it at a high level, they're playing the exact same game you're playing. And to me, that's actually pretty encouraging and empowering. Yeah, I mean that's that's it's a it's a it's a beautiful thing uh, when that is actually able to happen. Um, and I think that one, if you're able to find a way to do that without affecting the integrity of the game and encourage other players that normally wouldn't touch a fighting game, and maybe they could someday become like a top high level player. Like then it it can be inspiring to, uh, you know, someone who's on more of a casual level. Uh, I, I think that that's a it's something that has to be uh, considered. I mean, I I'm trying to make my own game myself, and uh, you know, I have certain sensibilities that I want in the game, but there's also a way to uh, execute those things uh, while keeping in mind other players that may not. Uh, see the game that way. They may just like the, how cool the characters look. They may like the story. You know, they may like these things. But to still be able to provide like an experience for them that allows them to feel like, hey, I learned something. I did get better, uh, or at least have an enjoyable experience where they're just not. They're like, oh, I just suck at this game. I hate this game. I don't want to play it anymore. Um, you know, you, you kind of you don't want that. Uh, that, that that's so such I think... a fine line, though. Like, it's so... It, it, it's so sensitive, right? Like, because... Um, some, some people are just so easily discouraged from... Uh, it, it, we, we covered this extensively in past podcasts, but, like, losing in a fighting game is so personal, right? So, I don't know. It, it's really cool to hear that um, somehow they've made this super hardcore series uh, more more accessible without alienating uh you know um you, you say you're not a hardcore guilty gear player but like all of us have literally been playing since the very first one <laughs> right so so if you guys are enjoying the yeah, game yeah. 
um, that's pretty remarkable to, to be able to still satisfy someone that was there uh, from the very first ins installment. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I think I think the thing about it is that uh, when it when it comes to uh, something so personal, the experience of like playing a game where your skill set is tested against someone else's skill set and your skill set alone. Uh, it, when you lose, it's like it's your fault. Yeah. Like that's that's how I think the the general gamer takes it. So like the idea is just like ah. Oh, like this is all on me, and I think what what should be happening is a shift in that dynamic, right? Uh, I think player empowerment needs to be a thing that is more easily accessible. And I think with older fighting games, it was more of an internal thing within the player themselves. Like, you know, like if someone was doing something against me that I hated, I was like, oh my god, what do I do? There was a point where I started to understand. They're doing this because this is working on me. Yeah. And I have to understand what it is that I can do within my own ability and within what the game is allowing me to do that can counter that. And I think what happens is when you actually are able to do that, you start to understand, oh, wait, there's more to this game. Yeah, I lost that match before, but I probably won't lose like that again. You know, and I think uh, being able to give a player that sense of empowerment whether it's through verbiage uh what you tell them in training modes and tutorials um what developers are putting out there uh what top players are telling other people that are looking into the game curiously in terms of the competitive aspects like i think these are all things that can work together and kind of help somebody kind of pat them on the back in a way and say hey no you can you can be good at this game and even if you're not good at this game you can still learn uh, you can still have a good time. You know, the objective here is not necessarily to be the best player. We just want you to be able to enjoy yourself. You know, so I think that if companies start to figure out ways to uh, encourage players that may be new to this sort of environment, I think you can get to a point where games can be less forgiving and it doesn't bother them as much. Um, Guilty Arxis does some really interesting things with their tutorials where they put certain verbiage in there like uh why can't I do this move or why like, like these little things will come up uh in the tutorial in like the training mode options like there's all these little things that sound like what a player would want to know like what's this like why did you know and for me I think like if I was a lesser player quote unquote right I would see them like oh let me click on that I want to know what that is oh, that's how this works. And then it kind of encourages them to say, oh, okay, I don't feel stupid for not knowing this. Like, I feel like the game is trying to help me. Mm. Um, you know, because I think that that's a key thing too. Because again, video games are a recreational experience. Like, you're you're taking a load off from work, school, whatever, life. It doesn't matter. So, like, if you're playing a game that encourages you in the experience, then I think that that goes, like, a long way. Um, I think that... Because I've gone through the tutorials and like uh, Exert and stuff like that, and I was like, man, this is kind of like a comforting thing where it's just like it encourages you, like if you do something correctly. And I think that subtle things like that do have an effect on uh, how someone perceives like a fighting game, especially if they're not like necessarily like good at them. Uh, but I think that 
with the right direction and the right uh, approach, you can create an environment where people are like, hey, I wasn't really into fighting games competitively, but game sort of encouraged me and I don't know why. <laughs> and now, like, I like this particular aspect of, uh, you know, games. So I, I think there's a lot of uh, potential in that regard. And I think Strive is probably another game that's probably going to, like, push for that as well. So, um, like I said, I think you can change the dynamic. You just have to be careful about it. And you got to really show love to your, your fans and the people that buy the games. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I, yeah, I, didn't, nice. I, I didn't get into the beta, but I'm, I'm definitely going to get the game, for, for sure. I mean, I, I, I would get it just to moon over the art, but, but hearing about the gameplay, like I'm, I'm so excited to actually play it. Yeah, I think that you will find a character that will have an objective that fits what you want. And even if it doesn't go further than that, like, I think that just the experience of this game being absurdly beautiful, for one, uh, but also, like, I feel like some of the things that have been toned down a bit, I think it it deceptively introduces people to the game in a way that doesn't feel as overwhelming. Mm. And I think that you can kind of find your footing a little bit easier uh, like as you play it. Now, high-level play is going to just expand. It's going to get uh, crazy, potentially. And I think that that's always going to be a factor. But I think in terms of like, like just casual-level introduction things, like I think that uh, it's helpful. Also, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but they've been doing these primers for how you're supposed to play characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also yeah. an aspect that empowers the, a, a player that may not be uh, familiar with the mechanics of a fighting game and what you're supposed to do. Like, these were things that were discussed on IRC back in the day. These were things that were kind of, like, taken for granted back in the day. We were like, oh, we know how this character works. This is a quote-unquote tricky character, or this is, like, a balanced character, or, like, whatever. Like, like, But taking the time to actually explain this to you know, new fans, um, it opens their head up a bit. They're like, oh, wait, but I can play a character where, like, I can just keep them away? Oh, that fits how I want to play. I don't want to, like, do a lot of combos. I don't want to, I don't want them in my face. I want to keep them away. Wow, okay, cool. Even little stuff like that uh, helps players because if they're a, a player that likes to zone, but they're playing soul, like, and they don't know that soul's not the character for them, and then somebody completely washes them in a match, like, they're going to be like, oh, screw this game. I don't want to play this. You know, but if they play somebody who can keep away and do a lot of damage and, like, it makes them feel comfortable that they're far away, then now they've found the character. Now they start that journey of enjoying the game on a different level. You know, so all these things are, I think they all work together really well. And I think that, you don't necessarily have to change the game. You just have to change how you present it to people. Yeah. I think, I think that's really like the key. Yeah. I think this is a good bridge for me to talk about the UI. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go for it. Right. Uh, so, so, uh, let it, let, let it all out. So I didn't, I played the, um, 
I didn't play the first beta, but I've looked at a lot of it, and uh, I've compared a couple things, and I, I think we talked about the, me and James were talking about, that. Th there's a certain art direction style that uh, Arxis has decided they're going with, but I think they've really evolved a lot of things in what they've done between them that shows that they are trying to make it more accessible, and uh, they, they seem to have understood a lot of the feedback they got, so... In terms of what we were just talking about, I'm going to start with actually the, the character select screen. Um, I don't know if you all remember, but um, it may not seem like it's all that different, but it is staggeringly different, actually. Um, one thing that I really like about it um, that they changed up is, if you recall in the last beta, the screen had like a lot of uh, like background kind of panel space, so it didn't have a lot of dark colors. And it had a lot of text and things trying too hard to educate you at first. Like, yes. it, we were talking about how it was in the wrong place. It was, look how easy to use this character is. Uh, I think they called, like, uh, they were they were calling the characters, like, they had taglines, but they called, like, Kai the all-arounder. And yeah. they tried too hard to educate you in a, in a spot where we're actually trying to get more of an emotional gut feel. And first thing that they've done in the new screen is it's much darker so that the characters pop out much more they're um they like i don't know if if you ever if you can i don't know if there's even available to have a like an actual side by side of them but if you look at it they've moved all the characters into a classic character select in the center they no longer really arrange them by their type like balance or speed um and so the so it struck me at least when i looked at the character looks is that the it shows you how good the character looks. Like they're active, they animate. Uh, they're much, much larger from a sprite perspective. They have a slash behind them, and that's actually a really smart way of giving it contrast. Previously, they were just kind of on top of a box, so there wasn't a whole lot of contrast. And their name and all the all that information we were talking about was too prominent. It, it, it suffocated the character itself, um, so it didn't let you get into the whole like versus attitude. The slashes are actually intentional, of course, because of Guilty Gear Slash thing, but it also gives you that kind of versus feel that, that you really need out of a fighting game character select screen. And they do a lot of, they still have a lot of stuff like the tagline and the type, but you notice that the character's name is quite a bit smaller, heavy focus on space around what they look like as they animate. They have like a, um, a type and a rating, but again, very, very small. You have to be looking for the star rating and the name. And I actually think that they rewrote some of the um, the descriptions because if you look at like Zato, it says like it actually has phrases that kind of give you a really good feel for what the character is without getting too technical. Like they like Zato is the main thing that you read is technical shadow warrior, and they say suffocating offense paired with his shadow. And with like that's uh, I, I was like oh okay like, like that's kind of cool. If you look at like Yuki, his is blood sucking blade delivers a devastating blow. The noble vampire samurai. Um, and it's like, to me, those things are actually much more helpful in that they're subtle, you can read them, and you get like a really good emotional feel for the, the technical nature of the character, but you still get to have the fun of like, the sprite the, the sprite takes up like, basically the entire third of the screen, rather than like, I don't know, probably like a sixth of the screen last time. Uh, yeah, they were so much anyway, smaller. Yeah, yeah. So I, I anyway, that's, that's like, before we move on to the, the gameplay screen, I don't know if y'all wanted to comment, but like, I... I think there, there's a couple things that I don't love still. Like, I feel like the character portraits at the bottom could be, like, a little bigger. 
And some of the things they de-emphasized are like a, they're a little on the small side, but it, it's it's a good way to kind of de-emphasize uh, things that you don't really need to look at when you're just trying to select. Oh, this character looks cool. So I feel like they they actually learned a little bit of their lesson about not introducing too many complex variables into a screen where it's mostly about selecting which character feels cool and feels exciting. Yeah, yeah, I totally I totally agree. Uh, there's there's a lot that I don't feel from this that I, I'm glad for because in the initial the closed beta the character selection felt like a jammed together PowerPoint uh, <laughs> there wasn't like a really strong sense of style and sensibility like there wasn't like a cohesion with things it was kind of like we're throwing ideas out like okay this is what we think works so we're gonna play around with this a little bit and see uh, like like how we feel about it and then kind of go from there whereas with this like i feel like there was a lot more thought and consideration given to uh what we're looking at why we're looking at it and how we should feel not how we should feel but how we feel uh looking at it so i think that there's a lot more thought and consideration given to it and i, I think what i like about it too is that it's still clean uh but there's like I feel like they sacrificed a bit of the expression in it just for a sense of clarity. I feel like there was a really important meeting about that, and there's some they got some feedback from something where they so, showed somebody old character select screens, and someone was like, "This is too overwhelming, and I don't like it." And they're just like, "Okay, like we're gonna streamline things to a certain degree." Um, I think we we talked about uh, in the past that character select screens tend to have like this kind of isolated. Um, platform that people feel like they're on and I feel like the other one part of what made it feel like a PowerPoint was that they had the characters had no presence because they were on top of like a box that had no base and then when you change characters it had like the static effect or something that happens so they really just kind of felt like they were cut out whereas if you look at this one they're massive they cast a shadow onto the slash behind them um, and then of course everything around the controls now instead of being all peppered around the box like 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 a PowerPoint they overlap in very intentional places. Like the control settings overlap from the top. They don't cover the main part of the portrait. The name overlaps only around the legs and it's very specific as to showing opacity behind it. So again, like the, it creates multiple layers where the character feels like they're actually in that space. Um, and that's something that like, I think is we, we talked about in the past with other games where when characters don't feel present on the character select screen, it's not as powerful. Nope. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. Um, there was also like a weird filter on uh, the 3D models that actually made them look bad. Like it was really weird. Like a, uh, it was almost like uh, some sort of weird compression was going on, and they got rid of that. Because I remember I was having a problem with that. I was like, why? Why do their outlines look weird? Uh, but yeah, like I feel like even within the ambitious uh, approach that they have to this particular design aesthetic they want, I think that they're slowly but surely making better choices and I feel like it was a, a significant overhaul from what was in the closed beta um, I mean is there still room for improvement oh I'm sure that that, that argument still holds but uh, yeah. I, 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 but I do like um, what I'm seeing so far like what I'm experiencing so far like I think that you know if they have the time to go in and actually make uh, some more adjustments and some changes I mean I'll gladly accept them but I do sort of understand that, like, 
they're probably on like the tightest of schedules with this game at this point. Like this game is like probably like ninety five percent done. Like I don't think there's much that they're gonna change outside of uh, just the making sure that they have their servers doing the right things for online and uh, probably like finishing up like recording of like English voices and like mm. uh, you know stuff like that. Like I think I think this game is pretty much done. Um, they are going to tweak some characters i mean specifically <laughs> zato and geo like they're definitely going to be different by the time the game is like, officially <laughs> released but well i uh, think um the fact that there's so much different between the betas really shows that they're uh applying a lot of what they're learning yeah uh, which i'm really glad for because i mean it i we weren't really sure uh how that was going to turn out like we weren't sure so, if uh that was going to be a thing i I just wanted to talk about the the gameplay UI and how um, they made a lot of subtle polishes that took it from sucking to not sucking. Um, real quick, maybe we can finish the thought. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that I would like to talk about that as well. Oh no, I mean that was pretty much where like I was gonna transition to honestly because uh, I feel okay, like that's cool, cool. That, I feel like that's something that needs to be like talked about is is uh, what you're seeing and what you need to pay attention to on the screen. Uh, I think that they gone through some lengths to uh, make that a lot better in terms of what you're actually taking in as opposed to what you're not taking in. Um, you know, I think the first thing I'm going to talk about is there's no more uh, tracking character portrait for the... Yep, yep. Because <laughs> yeah. um, that was... So, so people that don't know, right? So in the closed beta when you hit somebody, I mean, obviously they want to indicate that you're taking uh, life points away from your opponent, but what would happen with that would be your character portrait of your character that you picked would also follow the length of the meter in terms of the progression of the life draining. So your character portrait would be slowly or quickly dragging across the screen, uh, showing that you have less of a health bar. Uh, that was infuriatingly distracting. Oh, oh, and James is being nice. It wasn't like a little scrunch square. It was the same as the burst <laughs> gauge. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was it was far worse than if you haven't seen it and you're imagining this in your head. It was far worse than you're imagining. It's it's well, I mean, you know, I'm just yeah. Like, <laughs> but the thing was, it it was incredibly distracting and did not look interesting. Uh, it was it was something where, especially if you're not used to kind of like training your eyes to see what you need to see on screen, you're gonna end up putting so much focus on that while you're getting hit and not looking at your meter and looking at what status you're in or a buff or debuff or whatever else is going on. You're gonna be like, what's going on with my health bar? Because it is a prominent aspect of the screen. And by changing it like significantly, like it affects the way that you're viewing the game too. Uh, um, but they got rid of that. I think so we, now, we talked about in past podcast how um, your peripheral vision is very sensitive to color and motion. So mm -hmm. <laughs> putting something at the top of the screen while you're trying to pay attention to the middle screen that is constantly moving is a terrible idea. Yeah, it was a literal like eye strain. Uh, so it's very good that they got rid of it. Um, it allows a player to think more about what's actually happening in the game as opposed to why... Uh, a structural aspect of the composition is being severely altered because you're literally having something go from symmetry to asymmetry that shouldn't <laughs> like, you're just it's like it's not even if even if the player doesn't understand that right or not that they don't understand it but it's not 
necessarily quote unquote important to them, it affects what they're seeing in a negative way. Um, so I'm glad they got rid of that. Uh, what I wanted to uh, point out, um, what they really improved upon, um, not just the not moving things around, but uh, in UI design, you talk, we talk a lot about the idea of clustering. Like you put specific elements together. Usually there's like a, you know, it, it would be like, okay, the, the, the main cluster, the character cluster, like, because you're like, when you talk, I'll often talk about um, gestalt ideas, which are like how your brain organizes visual information. So usually with UI, you want things that are related to be, have proximity to each other. That's your mind just automatically groups things together that have proximity. Uh, but one thing that they actually improved quite a bit here that I, was, I is really subtle, but I'm positive it was intentional, is they're using a gestalt principle called continuation. So if you look at the new interface, they now have circular character portraits on either side uh, that don't move. <laughs> they are on the right and left side of the, uh, the far right and left side of the screen. But they have kind of these um, backgrounds, um, kind of paint splatter looking things uh, that uh, are very similar to kind of the wing looking element that's in the center of the screen that hasn't changed. But what, what's, that, what's cool about them is they all have angles that are pointing like diagonally toward the center of the screen. And the, the bar where your, where your player name goes underneath the character's name also angles in that direction. And then now the all, so basically everything has continuous um, angles that point you toward the middle of the screen, which is where the timer is, which is where your, your health is going to go when it gets lower, which is where your burst gauge is, which is where um, the number of rounds you have, which is where they're even showing the, the display timer and the rollback frames. So they actually were very smart in that they took the most static information and put it at the edges of the screen, and then they had all the design elements point toward the middle of the screen but none of them move. They're all in the center, so you can glance up at the center of the screen and then back down, and nothing is going to force you to look up at the top of the screen unless you're, you're trying to look at your burst gauge. Um, and of course, now the, the James was talking about, that, that little box that was moving had like your character portrait and the burst gauge shoved into it. So like there wasn't enough room for the burst gauge to animate to let you know when you had burst without looking at it. And then on top of that, you had to freaking find where it was. And then like it was also trying to share the space with a character portrait for some reason. So like now the burst gauge has got breathing room. It can, the, the B actually can animate on top of the blue when you have burst versus it goes, it turns to a much lighter kind of teal color with not a large piece of text that's bursting out of it. Um, so it's actually like the, the cognitive load of how, how you need to look at the status information on the top of the screen they, they dramatically improved it, even though it, generally speaking, the interface looks pretty similar from a stylistic perspective. So um, I was actually really happy that they they understood that what that, that, that kind of moving thing was not actually very helpful to the player. Hmm. Yeah, like it, it, it was incredibly uh, distracting. Um, and I think uh, what they did was they just said, you know what, we need to have, we need to have focal emphasis just stay where it needs to stay. Uh, I mean, because I, I have, like, footage from the old, the closed beta where I had some matches, and just seeing uh, just how much they've changed, it's it's so much more of a, uh, like, easier on the eyes uh, experience. Because um, it wasn't just, like, th there were no character portraits, actually. It was the burst, like, it was the whole, like, there's a huge chunk of information just, like, moving like for no reason at all um 
like it was it was really it was really distracting just comparing it again I'm like oh my god yeah that was definitely a thing that needed to be uh, fixed um, but just just overall like I, I think that there's there's a lot of there's a lot of improvement that's happened and I mean arguably there's more that that, that could come in but uh, the fact that they even thought to change these things um, from the gameplay UI to character select to like just seeing all of the changes that they put into this is like a it's it's reassuring that like it's like no you know this game is worth your money we want it to be worth your money we want to make you guys happy um and they actually listened i hope that people really understand like what that means like 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 they actually listened to the fans they actually listened to what people had to say uh there is one thing i think that they are uh i guess adorably stubborn on um i don't know if you're ready to move on to this but um uh, real, real quick I, I just wanted to point out a couple things that i just want people to have in their minds just in terms of like to your point the care like the polish that went in so things they added that i think could be brushed over but i appreciate that they put the time like the thing like it has like an arrow that kind of points to who you are um they also when the beat gauge comes up now the background elements of it animate a little bit so it actually gives a little bit of movement. And then same thing with the tension gauges. They, uh, the tension gauges now educate you by having arrows push toward when your tension is building versus previously, they just they just kind of filled very slowly. Um, and then like a, a gear would, the gear would light on fire when you had 50% tension and then 100%. They do actually a good job of having the gear at the end of it light up as your tension is building and show that you're building tension rather than, than losing it at a high speed. And it actually it helps visually educate you when you have enough tension to do specific things with the gauge. So, anyway, you can you can we can kind of finish up. I just wanted to point out that they really yeah. went in and, and truly like polished a lot of these things. A lot of care went into improving the overall in-game experience. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, I think that that's like that's one thing that that's like the gift that will always keep on giving uh, for me in, in regards to their approach to this is that you know not only did they listen, but they they delivered in their own way in terms of like how they wanted to address uh certain issues uh now if anybody who's played the closed beta but has not played the open beta and you're wondering what did they do to this lobby um they made it cuter and it still functions relatively the same way um it does seem like you can connect to people a little bit easier uh in terms of like they put something there to prevent character overlap with your avatar, but it still can be a bit confusing. And I think that this is just something that they just really want. They really like the aesthetics of it. I think it is cute. I kind I really like how it looks. I just wish that it functioned a little bit better. Um, but it seems like they're trying to work on it on a very minimal level, but I think they want to keep this here. Uh, personally speaking, the Grand Blue online lobbies... I thought that was fine. You know, you, you find a person, you go to an arcade cabinet, you sit down and you start playing and then you start playing. Like that worked. Like I thought, I was like, okay, this is, this is fine. Um, I mean, I'm of the elk that you could have just literally gave me a toggle system and I just could just invite people and that's it. But you know, it's whatever. Like, but I think they just really want this lobby to be the way they have it. Um, and I don't think it's going to change. I do think that they're probably going to try to make it interact a little bit better. 
but in terms of you running around jumping and searching for your opponent that's you're going to be doing that so <laughs> i've just been using the the quick patch functionality <laughs> i mean i i don't i don't blame you uh i mean i've mainly been using it because i have friends that are like hey meet me in park france 22 or oceana and it's like okay and you just go there and you can find your friends and play with your friends and stuff but um yeah i mean it, i feel like the aesthetic and what they have put into this is here to stay i feel like this game is pretty much done I feel like we're just getting uh, stress tests out of the way for online. Um, any other aesthetic glitches? I mean, there are people that were getting uh, thrown and then they disappeared off the screen. I'm pretty sure that that was kind of rare. But yeah, like overall, this game is pretty much done. So what you're getting here is pretty much what the game is going to be with some added extra fixings. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think overall it's fine. Uh, you know, I think that the lobby is probably the most least desirable thing, like, collectively from people. But, I mean, rollback netcode being used this way has provided me with an amazing experience in fighting games online that I have not had in a long time. So, uh, I feel like I'll take the sacrifice of having, like, kind of a, a, a less desirable lobby set up. Uh, <laughs> As long as an the game is an opinionated works. lobby setup, yeah, yeah, an opinionated lobby setup. Because I again, like visually speaking, I think it looks really cool. There's a lot of cool, subtle animation things that are going on with it, but uh, its functionality is like is a thing of contention for a lot of people. So, um, you know, because I've I've heard people literally say, "Man, if they don't change this lobby, I'm not buying this game." And I was like, "Wow," it's <laughs> like, "Wow," it's like, it's like I don't know if I, I I don't know if I don't know if I have a disliking to it that bad, but. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't. I already bought the game, but uh, like, it's me to too. me like, you know, it is what it is. Um, gosh, it's still, oh, we barely, we just only mentioned the rollback netcode. Like, that's such a big deal um, for people. That that's something uh, fans have been clamoring for, begging for, for a long time, and it, it's so cool to see that they uh, listened and they implemented real rollback roll netcode and um, it, it seems to be going smoothly right uh, from, from what i've heard online. oh absolutely it's uh yeah, no, it's i mean great experience. i've only had like one match where i had like like maybe two hiccups out of like the dozens of matches that i've played wow like and that was one time so i'm very happy that they were able to implement rollback netcode in this game uh, I mean, I've been playing this and uh, King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match because that also has rollback netcode, and that has been an amazing experience. Hmm. So, you know, it, it's to me, I, th I think if developers take the time to understand the importance of it and incorporate it into development early on, you can have uh, it work pretty well. Now, I will admit, this is something that I won't spend too much time on, but it does need to be addressed. In the beta test, there have been instances where there were rare uh, R code failures happening and people weren't able to connect to matches and not able to play the beta. Uh, Arxis has not stated whether or not they're going to extend the beta, but it is definitely something that obviously had to be taken into consideration in terms of, I guess, uh, server integrity. I'm not sure. Maybe there may be another issue, but I mean, everybody's playing this game, so maybe it was something that was unexpected from Arxis. Uh, but they seem to be working on it because 
you know, the beta is actually functional today. It's actually working today. Uh, I, I will say as a, as a game developer, this is 100% what a beta is for. Like, yep. um, you can only test so many things, but there's no, there's just no substitute for throwing a couple million players at something at one time. So like, I think this is exactly the kind of thing they're trying to uncover. And I, I just wanted to mention, because uh, uh, every time I feel like this happens with new games when they launch and servers struggle, um, building out scalable servers for worldwide games with millions of people is hard. It's really hard. It doesn't matter how prepared you are. Um, it's it's kind of like, well, why didn't they make this highway capable of scaling itself to a staggering amount of cars that I can't even conceptually imagine in my mind? It's such a hard problem. So um, I'm I'm glad they're having the problems now, so that they can that it helps them identify where their bottlenecks are. Because like it's just this is such a hard thing for any game. Like just our our infrastructure and technology, like the way that that online connection works is just not designed to shove millions of people at one thing at once. So the fact that it's as good as it is is actually quite good. So um, I'm not worried about it. I, I think, like I said, if this was the launch of the game, they'd probably be in more trouble. But I think this is exactly what betas are really for. To your point, <laughs> James, the game's pretty much done. But betas like this mean the, the game's done. It's more about them working out the kinks of stuff that they just can't test them on their own. So I'm actually pretty pretty encouraged by how quickly they've been fixing the issues. So, anyway, yeah, because I wasn't even expecting the fix to come out so fast, because uh, what you guys don't know is, like, <laughs> pretty much went to bed at, like, 2 or 3 a.m., because I was about to go to bed. I was playing Tomb Raider, Sha Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and it was, like, maybe, like, 11.50, and a buddy hit me up in Discord, like, I think the beta's up. And I was like, what? So I was like, let me foolishly try it. I was expecting the R code to come up, and the game actually opened. I was like, oh my god, I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> it's like I'm not going to sleep. This is not. This is not happening at all. And I, I like forced myself away from the beta at like two thirty. Like, okay, I have a podcast. They're probably going to do it at twelve or eleven. I need to sleep. So I was like, all right, let me just do this. Right. But, but again, that's a testament to how good this game is and how fun it is. That like, I literally was like, I own the game. I'm going to have the game in like fifty days. Like, I didn't necessarily need to play the beta then, but it was like, no, no, <laughs> no, I need this. So, again, it's just, like, I think it's a great game. I think that there's obviously things that could be fixed in terms of UI, in terms of the lobby and stuff like that, but the core things of, like, having rollback netcode in a fighting game in 2021, uh, having this game be as beautiful as it is, having a game that actively is trying to make an attempt at bridging the gap in a successful way in terms of like casual to competitive uh i feel like the game is doing a lot of things like correctly or at least going in the right direction um it's not gonna it's not gonna be something that appeases everybody but i do think that the general core basis of the two sides of the coin i think that they have or are at least going to to hit the mark on it and uh you know, I'm I'm really excited about this game, so that's just me. <laughs> I think that's a lot of people right now. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for um yeah, taking the time to to play this game and, and share your thoughts on it. Um shall we wrap things up? All right. So um yeah, thank you for listening. Um Oh my gosh. Super excited for this game. Yeah, so uh, if you're listening, 
Thank you for making it to the end here. Um, if you want to follow along with our podcast, you know, uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on uh, whatever platform you like listening to podcasts to. Um, you can also go to art-eater.com. Uh, uh, we have an archive of every uh, podcast that we've done up there. And if you uh, want to follow along with the latest news on um, when this podcast goes out, uh, please give us a follow on Twitter at Art Eater Podcast. That's A R T E A T E R Podcast. Uh, yeah, and uh, I'm I'm your host Richmond. Um, I'm super active on Twitter. I basically live on there these days. <laughs> I need to need to take a break. Get get back to reality. But um, if you want to follow me, I'm uh, Richmond R I C H M O N M O N D underscore L E E. Um, yeah. And uh, Sean, James, uh, if, if you guys could uh, just let people know how to follow you online, and then we'll um, just close things out from there. All right. So uh, I'm James Stanley, better known as BP Kunorishi on Twitter. Uh, if you like uh, deep dives into fighting games, both old and new, uh, I have a segment that I do from time to time called Lunch Break Hot Takes. Uh, where I do deep dives into fighting games, uh, both in terms of mechanics, visual presence, and uh, just how they affect uh, the gaming community as a whole in terms of uh, you know the culture that it represents. Uh, I also am a storyboard artist, uh, sometimes animator and comic book artist, uh, so a lot of progress from my project called Part-Time Shuffle is something you can see there. Uh, and I like to cook, so randomly I will show you stuff that I'm eating that you cannot eat. Hmm. Uh, but again, the Twitter is beefy underscore kunoichi. Uh, I'm a pretty nice guy, so if you want to just you know say hello or ask me something about games or art, yeah, you know, I'm here. Cool. Uh, so I'm uh, Sean. I am uh, always here, co-host, uh, uh, edit podcasts. Um, sometimes I'm very slow, but it's, it's good quality stuff. Um, uh, my Twitter is uh, at daborsk. D a b o r s k. Um, I during the day, lead the design teams at NZXT. Uh, so I talk a lot about PC gaming and computers, but I also talk a lot about uh, UI design and UX because uh, I have been a interface designer for basically my entire career. Um, and and uh, I write a lot about interfaces um, and especially like the craft of games. So you'll, you'll see uh, occasional articles um, and things like that that I, I will post. So if you're into uh, design in the combination of PC gaming with design. That's mostly what I focus on. And then I mostly also retweet what these guys put out as well. <laughs> All right. Thanks for that, Sean. And uh, thanks for joining us once again, James. Um, oh, it's always such a pleasure, always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, thanks to all our listeners. Have have a good one. Stay safe. Thanks, y'all. All right, take care. <laughs> <laughs>